you might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome back to another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. This is a very special one. I'm here with my friend Brad Blazik. Hey, Brad. What's going on, Clint? Nothing much. I'm a little tired from last night, <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that. So for those of you, real quick, for some orientation, my friend Brad here is the co-host of Single Podcast Theory, a wonderful Pearl Jam podcast. I know, I know a lot of our listeners are over there, too. Yeah, so. we got some crossover. So it's fun to have you here. Brad's staying with me this week. We went to the Birmingham show last night. We're having our party tonight. And then, of course, the boys are playing Nashville tomorrow. And uh, it's our Metallica week. Uh, definitely. My Metallica vacation. And a lot of surprises happened last night yeah. in Birmingham, so it's going to be fun to talk about that. Uh, it was uniquely interesting for me because I grew up in Birmingham. I grew up going to shows at the BJCC, which is where the boys played. It's the arena in Birmingham. And so it was such a trip to sit there looking around like, man, I saw Pearl Jam here in 98 on the Yield Tour, Matt Cameron's first tour. They opened with Release. Like, mm -hmm. I'll just never forget something. Yeah. I saw Dave Matthews on the Before These Crowded Streets tour. They opened with Don't Drink the Water. Remember the band Cracker? I do. They opened that show. What was their big song? Low. Yeah, I hated that song. Black Feeling Low. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Pretty cool song, actually. I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it back then. You know how songs later, though, if you yeah. go back to them? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll have to check it out. I remember being on tour. This was 2009. So this would have been 10 years after me being a little pipsqueak mm -hmm. at the BJCC watching Cracker. And I was playing in Madison, Wisconsin, and whatever band I was touring with, we go down to the lobby to you know get in our van, and uh, the Cracker guys were in the lobby too, really, and they were like on a run too, and uh, I was like, I want to go talk to the Cracker guys, yeah. you know, like yeah. I remember that video, and my friend Bruce Hughes, who plays bass for Bob Schneider, was in Cracker. Oh wow! And I just thought I have all these interesting ways to talk to them, you know, right? And uh, but all those years later, they were also on a van tour. Ooh. And looking real, just sort of ground down. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking up to them to say, hey, I saw you guys 10 years ago open for Dave <laughs> Matthews. And uh, I, I realized maybe I shouldn't talk to them about yeah. this. Because I remember telling Fastball. I played a Bob Schneider show in Austin and Fastball opened for us. Mm -hmm. wow. And I, I went up to the guy and said, dude, I remember seeing you guys headline the Horde Festival <laughs> in 96. Not your opening. I was a kid us. and, and I, I just saw the... I saw the horrible dawning in his eyes. Mm -hmm. That wasn't pleasant for him to remember. Right. Remember a million years ago when you guys had a number one song and were yeah. headlining Horde, <laughs> and now you're opening for me and Bob Schneider? You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, a lesson in tech. That song, is that The Way? That's they had great, two huge but, songs. Yeah. One was The Way, and one was, uh, was out of my head, was yeah, out of my great, head. Yeah, great songs. Those dudes are amazing musicians mm -hmm. and amazing songwriters. It's just that it takes more than that to be successful. It's weird. It's weird to me, because I'll hear stuff... That is as meaningful as Metallica or Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. No one's ever heard of these right. guys, and like you said, ten years later they're still playing fucking Rocket Town. Yeah, it's like how, like, how do these songs mean so much to me, but not to everyone else? 
I know. It's it's funny that you feel that way because I feel that way too. And it's sort of the opposite of the way people feel when bands do blow up or they get kind of bummed mm-hmm. because they want the songs to really only be special to them. Right. It's like when the Beatles left Hamburg, everyone was bummed. Dude, the Beatles were called sellouts before they even made their yeah. second record. Yeah. Because everyone wanted them to be small. Yeah. Because they felt like it was theirs. They didn't want to share it with the world. Whereas I feel like, and it sounds like you do too, yeah. I want the world to dig this shit. Yeah. I want Fastball to be playing arenas. Yeah. So speaking of arenas, we're going to be talking about this Metallica show. Now, was this this was your second show? Second show. And you're a diehard Metallica fan. Yeah. Lifelong. Yeah, and I love concerts. It's just for some reason. And you're reason, a big concert guy. Yeah. I go to a lot of shows. It's just for some reason Metallica always eluded me for some reason. Well, let's briefly talk about the first time we met, because that was your first Metallica show. Mm-hmm. So Brad was listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Uh, this was in the summer of 2017, and Metallica was on their stadium tour. And you reached out to us because you had won the lottery snake pit. Right. And you reached out to us and said, hey, I've got an extra snake pit. If one of you guys can make it to St. Louis, it's yours. Yeah. And I don't even think I asked Ethan. I was like, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and then I looked at my touring schedule, and of course, we're playing shows. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it work. And just, you know, the, I call it the rock gods. Mm-hmm. They were smiling because we didn't have a show on that Sunday. Was it a Sunday? I guess that doesn't matter. I hate yeah. when people do that. Yeah. Wait, was it Sunday or Tuesday? Was it raining or was it sunny? We didn't have a show, but my bus, we were coming home to Nashville, and right. my, our bus was passing right through St. Louis. Yeah. So we arranged for, you kind of, the bus dropped me off at a mm-hmm. pilot, you picked me up, and we met for the first time, oh. and uh, we got to ride the front rail of the Snake Pit, yeah. and that was your first Metallica first show. show. Crazy. James throws out the first pick, we catch it. There's a lot of fun magic yeah. stuff that happened that night. That's this, and we'll get into it here in a minute. But that's kind of how I feel about last night too. Like, right? There was some pretty cool shit that happened just to me personally. That is that I didn't think was going to happen. You know. Another interesting thing about that St. Louis show. Again, this is summer of 2017. Is we were talking about podcasts, and you mentioned that you yeah. wanted to, you were interested in starting a Pearl Jam podcast, and at the time. You didn't even know Brad Lyons, right? And I was like, "Oh, my friend Brad already started one." Yeah, sorry, I, I died inside. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, that's great," and I'm like inside, just like no, because I don't know if a lot of your listeners know, but there was actually kind of a version 1.0 of Single Podcast mm-hmm. Theory where Brad had another host named right. Chris, I think. I think so. And they never put anything out. I think mm-hmm. they did three episodes, and uh, they sent them to me. I, I got to hear them, and they yeah. were they were pretty good. Yeah, but I didn't know that Chris guy very well. Chris got to a point where he was really unable to consistently do the show and right. brad lyons texted me and said you know anyone that might want to do it with me and we had had that convo mm-hmm. and because you and i kind of got oriented with our pearl jam status right. and it was pretty clear both of us were were uh diehards of right. pearl jam and i was like man i i do have a guy <laughs> yeah and that's kind of what started single podcast yeah. theory and now you guys are what a year and a half in mm-hmm. how many episodes seven we just dropped 76 yesterday you guys got a shitload of fans and listeners yeah. and it's it's cool man it's taking yeah. on a really cool thing yeah, it's amazing. And I know we're going to have several of them at the party tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving through, so and so we've been friends ever since then, and we right. hang out and um, enjoy both of these bands together and all the cool cross-pollination from the podcast and all that stuff. Yeah. So fast forward to, to this gig, and um, you had your ticket for this, right? You'd already bought mm-hmm. a ticket, but it was kind of a nosebleed ticket. Yeah, not kind of. It was nosebleeds. <laughs> it was, yeah, I probably could have touched... The, the wall of the right. building behind, just check, checking the me. yeah checking the, the durability of the foundation <laughs> yeah. of the building yeah, i was up there we're all good up here the asbestos mm-hmm. is, is okay yeah maybe some repainting to be done on the yeah. ceiling uh 
but you were resigned that you were still going to have a good time. I was at Metallica. Right. That's that's all I needed. Right. You know, I was content with that. Because uh, BJCC is is a little bit smaller mm-hmm. than Bridgestone. It's because people in Alabama are smaller. Right. <laughs> no, they're not. It is a smaller arena. And though. they're in the middle. So right. you're closer anyway. So it, was, it wasn't, I mean, for being in the nosebleeds, which Bridgestone, if you're in the nosebleeds at the far end, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of fucked. Right. So right. I was I was happy with where I was. So you came into town from Paris, Tennessee that day, and we all met at my house, HQ2. Ethan came over, and we also had some tickets for our friends Matthew Mayfield and Brad Lyons, mm-hmm. the other host of Single Podcast Theory. And we were planning on making a, a you know a road trip and a day of it. So me, you, and Ethan drive down. We had a fun time down. We did some Instagram live with our fans mm-hmm. and stuff, and we threw kind of a small pre-party at my friend Kerrigan's pub. Uh, my parents came, and no, maybe 10, 15 people showed up. It wasn't super huge or anything, but it was nice. We met some people, yeah. had some beers, had some salads. Yeah. <laughs> and we we all go to Will Call together where our tickets were. So you already had your ticket, mm-hmm. and we had like we had four tickets waiting for us at right. Will Call. Well, we get there, and we only had three tickets. Mm. So then it became the whole, the whole like, you know what, dude, you go. Right. I'm not going to go. Yeah. It was like having, like, who can be more virtuous? Right. Matthew, yeah. our friend Mayfield, who's a diehard Metallica fan, he'd never seen them before. Right. And because he's such a sweetie pie. Lions either. And, and, and Brad, right. Yeah. And because we're all sweetie pies. Right. It, me being the least of it. Right. I'm the least sweetie pie. But everyone's pretty sweet. They're like, you know what, dude? You go. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no it's, it's not even in question. You go. You're going. You're, you're going. I'll figure yeah. it out. No, no, you guys are the podcast guys. Right, the you whole deal, the whole deal. It's like, but you haven't seen them, you go. And I was like, look, my parents live here. I can just go hang out with my parents. Yeah. And Ethan's like, we're all getting in. Yeah. Everyone calm down. Right. <laughs> so we hit our guy. So we sent we sent you guys with the tickets. Yeah. And even though I still had my ticket, I wanted to hang with my boy Ethan, make sure he was going to be cool. And our, our buddy Wes came and got us, and he walked us into GA. Mm-hmm. And so before we knew it, we're standing in GA. Now, let me set some of this up, too, um, at the risk of just completely boring our listeners. Right. <laughs> so I was on the rail in Little Rock. A lot of our people have heard of that story. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, maybe I can do the rail again with with the Saravan. But the thing about the rail is you kind of have to get there earlier. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, people are vying for that spot. People wait in line for a long time. Yeah. People have bought these VIP experiences so that they can try to get a shot for that. And some of them don't even get it, right? Yeah. And we were throwing that party, and my parents were there, and it was this huge rush to try to get to the venue. And we sort of decided, we're not going to try to do the rail. Mm-hmm. We're not even really going to try to do GA. Let's just hang back and just not have any pressure on that. Right. So we didn't even get to the venue till what, 6.30? Yeah, at least. When Whereas we were planning on getting there around 5.15. Right. <laughs> and we sort of just thought it was a foregone thing. Yeah. Well, before we know it, Wes has walked me and Ethan in a matter of seconds, and we're just standing on GA. And you guys had gone off to find your yep. tickets. They they went to their seats, and I went up upstairs. Up to the nosebleeds, yep. right? Now, here's the other horrible caveat. Texting was just not working in this place. My, yeah. My, my, I couldn't get a signal at all. And now, I know that at concerts, when everyone's on Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever, the, the bandwidth gets kind of dicey. But this was unlike... This was kind of uniquely horrifying. I wonder if it was a Verizon thing, because we were in Birmingham, and not... In Nashville? I don't know. I don't understand the science. Yeah. <laughs> I just let other people... I let Elon Musk figure mm-hmm. that out. Right. But it was just a bitch. Like, I was, like, trying to... So, basically, when we got to the floor, Wes handed us other floor passes 
for all of us. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, we got to get all the dudes down here so we can do this yeah. together. But of course, it's like the little blue bar that won't go all the way yes. over. <laughs> yeah. So as that, as I've texted you guys, come on down. The water's warm. Mm-hmm. As I'm, as that text is going through, the guy on the floor tells us you guys actually can't come down there with mm-hmm. the the wristband that we got from Wes. So then I fire off another one. Sorry, false <laughs> alarm. Don't come. You can't come. And it's just not working. Yeah. And I'm just like pulling my fucking hair out. Because yeah. I don't want to disappoint you guys and get your hopes up. Yeah. And I, I can see the section where Matthew and Brad are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But they're not there yet. They probably right. went to you know use the restroom or get a drink or get some food or something. So I'm just trying to look at them. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm going to go try to find Sarah. The, the rail's all packed out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to try to find her. Of course, same problem with Sarah. I can't text her. The, the blue bar that won't go. Yeah. The little... Frodo of blue bars that can't get to Mordor without mm. Samwise Gamgee, who's by the way not there. Right. He's taking a break from the trek. He's carrying the ring too long. He got tired. It's heavy, Sam. Mm-hmm. He knows it's how heavy the ring He's is. Still walking. So, I look for Sarah's yellow bandana, and as with another Metalla uh, God miracle, I see it, and I walk over to where she is, and it's not that congested, and she's on the rail with the whole Sarah van, her husband Pete. Aaron, our friend Joe, and basically she was holding a spot for me, which I learned is that's part of rail etiquette. You can hold a spot. Mm-hmm. So no one thought I was that big of a jerk. So I kind of walked up there, and before I know it, <clears throat> I'm on the rail again. Can't find you. Right. Can't find Matthew. <laughs> can't find Brad. Can't find Ethan. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, too? Couldn't find him. He's gone. Oh, shit. I didn't hear this part. So I'm sort of torn because I'm on the rail with Sarah, and I remember that experience in Little Rock. And we've talked about this. Like once you get the bug, <laughs> once you experience yeah, that, it's it, really hard to not. It's it was, like flying first class. It's hilarious to see Clint from a week ago texting me, right. "Hey, dude, where are you sitting? Because I'm not going to do rail this time. We're just going to hang back. I hate the and rail. Chill. You know, it's cool. I'm like, all right. And then you go to Little Rock. And get the rail. And the, the Clint from 24 hours ago is, dude, we have to get the rail. Right. We have to. Right. We're doing it. And you, and Ethan was Ethan was like you a week ago. Like, I don't know. We'll just chill. It's, no, dude. You don't understand. Yeah. Once you get there, right. you won't ever not do it. Right. Because you've done the rail. <laughs> and I get it. I'm like. you've done it at Pearl Jam yeah, shows, right? And so, yeah. What's and the most memorable rail Pearl Jam experience? <clears throat> Uh, Lexington 2016. Pull that mic a little closer, closer to, you, to, your, to the hole yeah. in your face. There you go. Uh, Lexington 2016. Um, we had gotten there at 4 a.m. And there was probably 40 people in front of us that mm-hmm. had camped out. Right. Um, got in there. Kind of a clusterfuck with security, but got the rail. Mike was in front of me all night. I got some really cool pictures of, of him. And if, Ed, you, if you were to go down the list of like priority rail, is it Eddie then Mike? For me, or just in general, because Mike's fun to watch. Yeah, and Jeff is too. I think um, like Eddie, no one really wants to be in front of Stone, do they? Yeah, there's the Stone Zone. <laughs> right. the, there's the crazies that go to the Stone Zone, but for the most part, Eddie fills up first, mm-hmm. and then Mike. And Jeff is like you said, he's on that side anyway. Right. So, but for me personally, I kind of go for in between. Eddie and Mike. Yeah, that sounds like a good spot. Because I love Mike. Yeah. You know? Well, he's so fun. And Eddie kind of runs around anyway. Right. So. Right. But he came down, ran right past me, went up to some kids in the stands. And then when he was coming back, I put my hand out and he high-fived me. Right. 
And that was like I haven't watched it since. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the best uh, rail experience. And so you understand that how exhilarating because mm-hmm. that's really what it is is you you know your chances of brushing up against these people right. obviously are higher. Yeah. If you're over there, you yeah. know. And I had you know people will remember that James smiled at me in Little Rock. Right. We upped the uh, drama a little bit in Birmingham. He, mm-hmm. he, he did a little more than smile at me, and we'll get into that for yeah. sure. So, yeah, so I got bit by the bug, and I, I, yeah. I want nothing more than for all my friends to be there with me. But yeah. at the same time, if all I can do is get me up there, mm-hmm. this is where the me <laughs> well, not being so sweet. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm like, love you guys. Every man for yourself. Well, right. At that point. And, you know, let's face it, we're not in a war. We're at a concert. Right. <laughs> so I'm up there with Sarah. I can't get a hold of you guys. And... I finally look back and I see Ethan standing way behind us, like maybe seven people Mm -hmm. and just looking kind of chill and calm. He's in his phone, probably trying to find you guys. Yeah. I'll tell you, just jump in real quick. What was going on with me Mm -hmm. is I was like getting an oxygen tank to Mm -hmm. get up to my seat. Right. I mean, and I'm sitting up there looking down. It's not that bad. You posted a picture on your social. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying, the, the arena is a little smaller and the stage being in the middle brings it that much closer mm-hmm. to where you're sitting anyway so i was content with where i was sitting um and jim brewer comes out and does his thing and then i get a text from ethan that says me and clint <clears throat> are down in front you can go you can have our seats with with brad and matthew right and i'm like oh shit like that's awesome you know how did he get the ticket to you um he took matthew's ticket and met me back out on a concourse. Oh, okay. And then, but it, that didn't even matter because they weren't checking tickets. I could have come down there. They anyway. weren't checking tickets. Not at that. Not when me and him went in there. All right. Here's another lesson in um, <laughs> act like act like you belong. For, when you just go. If you act like you belong where you're going, you'll get there. Because mm-hmm. here's what a lot of these people are doing. They're like local security or local crew. They're tired. They're trying to deal with 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. And what they're really looking for is a sense of bullshittery on your yeah. face. That's what they're kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. So if you come, and they can, they can <clears throat> just tell, you know, they're sort of trained to sniff that out. Yeah. So if you, if you sort of zen out and get yourself together and believe that you belong where you're wanting to go, you'll likely get there. Mm-hmm. So you walk down and you're, so you must have been thrilled. I was thrilled that I was going to be closer. But then when I got to our seats, I mean, we were, Ten rows. You had from... you guys had if you're gonna sit in the lower bowl, you guys had some of the best yeah. seats because the way the stage is it's kind of this angled rectangle. Right. And because you could be in the middle of the bowl but be further away mm-hmm. if you're on the ends right. like where the basketball goals I'll are. I'll put it in a perspective you might not understand. Don't do this to me. But don't we do were, this to we me. were on the fifty yard line. Why why do people think I don't understand that? <clears throat> I'm a thirty five year old man who grew up in Alabama. <laughs> football I understand how football works. Okay. And I've been to a lot of shows in sports facilities. I, in fact, believe it or not, I've been to sports <laughs> events. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been to football games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you're right. So that's a good <laughs> who won. Uh, one might also call it the third baseline. Mm. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you're if you're at the third baseline, <clears throat> that's not considered a good ticket. Yeah. I'm just trying to think in my head of a baseball diamond in. BJCC. Okay, well that's the first problem. <laughs> we're, we've moved out of that. trying to make all these fit into the BJCC. We're just talking about analogies of good seats. I, I think the best way to say is center court. We had center court, <laughs> so we're doing basketball, right. baseball, football. Um, <laughs> now they were 
I mean, ten rows up from the railing separating the seats from the floor. And then, like you said, the way the stage is set up, the stage, like, juts into, you know, the floor. Right. So I would say I was, like, 20 yards right. from that corner of the stage. And we'll get into it later, too, but even more of an ideal spot sound-wise than even me on the rail. Yeah. The rail does not sound great. So let, yeah. me, let me say that to you all out there who really feel like you're missing out on that kind of experience. You are giving up the fidelity of the sound right. to be that close because it's a physics thing. You're, we are in front of the speakers, meaning the speakers are above us and behind us, and they're facing away from right. us. So we're, we're hearing more of a wash. It's, yeah. not, it's not chaos. It's not a Sonic Youth situation. Right. But it's not great. Yeah. Where we were, it was great. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I compare it to uh, St. Louis, right. where we were right up front, and we had what you're talking about, where the speakers are kind of mm-hmm. facing the wrong way. And we didn't have any access to the subs, mm-hmm. the information in the subs. Right. So that feeling in your chest when Lars is hitting the kick drum and for whom the bell tolls, right. we didn't really get that, you know? Yeah. The other thing is from where we were, you, you guys were on, like we could see you. That was fun. That was cool. So when it all got worked out, it you was, you weren't, cause I thought maybe you were going to be on the other side where we couldn't even see you. Right. But you guys were on the side that was right by us. So it was pretty easy for me to just look over to my mm-hmm. right and see you guys and wave to yeah. you. And you know, we had some moments even during the show yeah. So we'll get to all that. Um, so you must have been super stoked to be was, there with Brad and Matthew. I was fucking ecstatic. So and it's funny because when you know when Brewer's up there, he he starts doing some crowd work and he's asking like, who's the oldest guy? Who's who's the youngest kid that's here? So from up in the nosebleeds, I'm watching him talk to this older guy mm-hmm. in a red sweater, and then this there it's was Freddy Krueger actually. There was a, he's not old. He's just burned. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there was like a kind of a hipster guy wearing a Vans hat and he was making fun of that guy. So I come down, Brad comes and sits next to me and I see the, I see Freddy Krueger like two rows in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then I look over to his right and I see the guy with the Vans hat. Cause when, and Freddy, I'm like, when Freddy Krueger's not haunting the dreams of the Elm street children, mm-hmm. he's rocking some kill them all. <laughs> yeah. So he's excited to yeah. maybe get some seeking destroy and maybe the, he's jumping the fire. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He's hoping for jumping the fire, although he'll settle for motor breath. Right. <laughs> All right, go continue, please. <laughs> no, I just was like, it just was cool in that perspective that I was up there looking basically at Brad and Matthew mm-hmm. in that section, right. not knowing in 20 minutes I'm going to be sitting right there. Like kind of wishing, damn, I wish I was behind Freddy Krueger. Those are probably good seats. You and never then, know what 20 minutes will do to your life. Mm-hmm. You never know. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What did you think about the Brewer Sitch? So I'd already seen it a few nights before. This was your first time. Um, I like Jim Brewer a lot. I think he's hilarious. And the only negative thing I could say is I wish he was doing more of a stand-up. I thought it was going to be more of a stand-up routine. It's, it's really, really more nuts. like crowd work. Yeah, yeah. Which is fun and fine. Yeah. And immensely better than them just rolling tape of song mm-hmm. after song. Right. Of whatever, so that that part of it's way better time killer, because you know you go to shows and you sit there and you just bored right. for an hour hour and a half, or some band you never heard of that's terrible, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So I agree. I mentioned this on the last one. It, it, it just there's an interesting line where, and maybe there was a time for Metallica when they were when Corrosion for Conformity is opening, mm-hmm. and you're almost as excited for that energy because. You know, corrosion has its own thing. Yeah. Or you know, when Alice in Chains was opening. Right. Or yeah, whatever. it's weird. Opening bands are fifty fifty. Yeah. 
It could, I mean, Ghost, I would fucking love to see Ghost open for Metallica. I would love for Lunar Satan to open up for Ghost. Yeah. I'd so, go see Tobias, that. if you're listening, I would love to just, like, they're like, we want you to come open. We, we like, it, you know, the bands make sense together. And right. then I would love to come out and just look, dress exactly like Ghost. <laughs> Evil Pope, makeup, ghouls with no mouths. Mm-hmm. The stained glass window backdrop, it just says Lunar Satan. Right. Like, sorry, guys. You guys are going to love ghosts, though. You're really going to love it. No set change required. Um, I thought, for me, the second time, I sing it two nights in a row, because obviously it's the magic trick. Jim, Jim's doing kind of the same bit. Right. I definitely was kind of feeling a little more checked out of that, a little more excited about the band. Right. But it's fun, though. Yeah. I was still laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, too. I love the jokes about uh, how old the band looks. Right. And, and he, he he did a pretty good joke where he found like the tallest dude in the world who was like on the, the rail. Yeah, and like, that dude, dude was tall. I mean, he he had to be seven feet. He was like, dude, everyone behind you hates yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> he was like me, Metallica fan. <laughs> and he was like, he joked about that guy stomping on the. He's like, man, they could sure use you in Florida right. stomping out wildfires. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me, Metallica fan. That was pretty funny, dude. Yeah, and there was a guy wearing um. A bright neon hoodie. Yeah, that was. He was funny making too. fun of that guy. Like, did your wife tell you to wear that? Yeah. You know, so she could pick you out right. in the crowd. Shit like that. I mean, it was. He's he's a funny dude. And that's that's that was you know obviously improvised. Right. That was him just riffing. Yeah. And when you think about the confidence <clears throat> and the talent level and the experience you have to have under your belt to riff in front of twenty thousand people yeah. like that and it be good. Mm-hmm. And he's pulling everyone in. Yeah. Because it wasn't mean spirited. <clears throat> it wasn't. It didn't no. come across as any way other than fun. Yeah. That's cool. And there was a kid on the rail with <laughs> this, like, kind of touched my heart because there was a kid and his dad. And as Jim's walking by, the dad screams out, It's his birthday, mm-hmm. you know, to get his son, get him to talk to his son. And he asked the kid, like, What's your favorite song? And he says, Enter Sandman. And Jim is saying, like, Oh, well, they might play that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go backstage and, and ask them to play it for you. Maybe they'll play it. I don't know. Yeah, here's a pro- you know it yeah. was, but the whole like father son thing was was cool. Here's a big pro tip for being a performer: whenever someone requests a song that's on the set list, mm-hmm. never say it's on the set list. Right. Always say, see what we can do. Right. <laughs> or you you give them a knowing nod and say, okay, we'll do it. But you're gonna do it anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they feel special. You get to carry on. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy. Yeah. At least kind of happy. Yeah. Then they got to go back to their lives, and they're like, I'm not happy anymore again. Um, anything else for you as a perspective on the Jim Brewer stuff? No. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's cool. So, it seemed, it, the only thing is it seemed kind of short. Like, I thought he was going to be out there for, like, hour and a half, two hours, and it was maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he comes out and does the, like, sing-along. They're playing all the, like, classic Heavy metal, heavy shit. metal songs yeah. with, with the lyrics, and everyone he's getting everyone to sing that stuff. That That's was... my email. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> they won't hear that in the show. But okay, good. Every time I get an email, it makes this little <laughs> chirp sound. It's a horrible sound. I'm sorry. I wish I could change it, but um... yeah, it's 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 a it's a very different change of pace. You know, I'm used to going to see one or two opening bands, and then the band you're there for. Yeah. So to have Jim come out and get everyone riled up, laughing and stuff, and then singing. That's it's fun because you cool. can see that he's a he's a big hard music. Oh yeah. Fan. Oh, his Lars. We didn't we didn't talk about his his Lars impression. I didn't. I don't think I remember that. Really? What did he do? He just was you know 
just saying how you know I can't do it, but he's just talking like yeah. Lars, saying that we're gonna kick your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He's fucking spot on. Like, have you ever seen his stand up? He does. You know, he'll do Brian Johnson. He'll do Lars. Okay. He'll do James. You right. know, and it's his Lars is is spot on. One of the funniest things Jim Florentine said when he was guested on the show. For those of you who don't know, he's also a comedian, co-host of that metal show, and uh, he was talking about opening up for Slayer. Yeah, and this is before they even announced that Jim Brewer would be opening for Metallica. This was like a year ago, and uh, I was like, "Man, what's it like doing comedy for Slayer fans?" Mm-hmm. He was like, and he was being dead serious. He's like, "Oh, you know, a lot of jokes about metal, a lot of jokes about hard music, uh, a lot of making fun of rap." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. Just make fun yeah. of rap music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was being dead serious, yeah. dude. No, you're like, no, seriously. He's like, that's the material. Yeah, that's the material I'm cooking up right. for sure. <laughs> Another funny dude. Super funny. Yeah, super funny. He's got a great podcast too. Yeah, that I recommend yeah. listening to. He's just got a very deadpan vibe. I mean, that's where the whole "do you" right. comes from. Yeah, yeah. But he's not joking when he does right. it. Right. And we tried to do it with him, and he just passed right over. Right. <laughs> He'd be like, you know, I kind of like Metallica when they. I'm like, do you? He's like, yes. <laughs> Like shit, Jim. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving right along to the show. So at some point, Jim Brewer says, "The next time you see me on this stage, Metallica's coming. You mm-hmm. waited long enough. I'm gonna go get them right now." Yeah. And uh, he did do a funny thing where he goes backstage. Yeah. He's like, "You guys want to see how crazy it is back here? Look at this, Kirk's yoga room." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have an interesting story about Kirk later because yeah. uh, we were on the rail right in front of Kirk's position, so it was a trip for me to be able to see Kirk's tech. Yeah. By the way, I saw the little pedal board. Kirk's tech is, I saw him with his foot make all the set, all the changes really? from solo sound to clean sound yeah. to rhythm sound. He did all of it. And that's a cool thing about the, in the round, you can see them. You can see all that stuff. Cause right. we could uh, like, you could see James's area. We right? could see James over to our right and he would come and sit down and kind of interact with some of the people on the rail. Hmm. And then, like you said, like Kirk, we'd see Kirk come down by you guys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're right there, you know? Kirk seemed to me to have a very um, chill and respectful vibe with his tech. Mm. They were doing a lot of talking, a lot of laughing, jokes. I mean, that, and his tech, I mean, his, I think, I believe his tech also does Taylor Swift when he can. So one of my friends who plays guitar for Taylor has told me about this guy, just a consummate professional. Right. And he was cool, calm, collected, because he's making all those changes with his foot. He's tuning whatever the next guitar is. And Kirk drops his picks a lot. Kirk plays a very tiny, it's called a Jazz 3 pick. And it, he has his, like, shaped into a fang or something. But it's yeah. this little green pick. And Kirk drops them a lot. Yeah. And whenever Kirk dropped a pick, that dude would be right on the edge of the stage holding one up. Really? And even times where Kirk didn't see him. Yeah. He's just make. he just... The ability to keep his eye on his boy, keep in, keep his eye on the gear, keep his eye on the the pedal changes, and he's also keeping fresh waters for him. Yeah, it was just really really dialed in. Yeah, and it's, you think about it, and it's like, well, it's like the biggest rock band in the world. Of course it is. We're watching the tech for the biggest rock band. Right. They don't get. They're gonna fun. have the best guys. Exactly. And it was just it was a treat watching that mm. in motion. You know, um, so Jim comes back up or he leaves. And then he comes. Does he come back up when he introduces him? He did, didn't he? Yeah, that's, that's when he does the Metallica. He gets the whole right. arena to say yeah. different parts of yeah. Metallica. Yep. Did do you participate in those kinds of things? Yeah. 
I always feel a I little... feel weird though. I do feel weird about it. Because it's kind of the classic. Crowd. It takes me it takes me a little while to get into doing that. Like everyone around me will do it right. immediately, and I'm you know arms crossed. I'm not doing that. That's weird. I don't. And then we, I get into it. I don't do it either. But you're gonna have more fun if you just do it. I well, I can't help it if James is standing twenty yards from me, right. telling you to put your fist oh, in the air to. and do the hey, got to. hey. It's like, well, he's he's telling me to. He's looking at me, right. What if he sees me not doing right. it? Well, he's gonna be well. I, he's I, gonna be mad at me. Well, he's gonna be disappointed. Right. I don't know how much anger will factor in, but right. he's gonna he's gonna be bummed. Right. And you know he's asking nicely, right. as yeah. nice as you can when you're yeah. playing loud metal music. Yeah. So we hear XC of Gold." How yeah. did that feel for you? Oh man, your second time. It's still chills. And you're right because the thing about in the round, especially you know lower bowl, you're kind of elevated a little bit. So mm-hmm. You probably could see even more than me at this point. But the during SC of gold, the boys come through and then they go to their positions yep. on the sides, and it's almost one of the most exhilarating parts because yeah. you're watching them. Like I'm watching James do the double fist bump with his tech chat, right. which I've seen on YouTube yeah. a million times. Yeah. And then there's this moment where he like closes his eyes and his head's back, and I guess it's his, he's getting in what we yeah call him it. and Kirk were like right in front of you guys. Well, Kirk was literally right in front. Yeah. of Yeah. James was to the left. Um, there's a, that's a train. Okay, we got the train action happening. I live near a train, an airport, right. and also it's if if you didn't live here and know how nice this part of Tennessee is, you would think that it's Harlem, right? Because I hear sirens. It's like the world's coming to an end. Right. Someone's in my studio mixing, and I'm like, is it the end of the world out there? Is everyone cool? Okay, out there. Um, no, James is to my left, so I could see him. I right. couldn't see Rob, and I couldn't see Lars. Yeah. But so I'm kind of watching Kirk and. I'm like, you know, everyone on the rails, like trying to, we want to see all of it. Right. Know? Yeah. One interesting. See, I'm ahead. just, I'm feeling, you know, all these years of listening to bootlegs mm-hmm. and hearing ec- ecstasy of gold. Mm-hmm. And now I'm there. Right. So I'm feeling that, but I'm also looking at Kirk and then James mm-hmm. knowing that you guys are right there. And right. I'm like feeling that for you guys. Like, yeah. Oh, that's fucking awesome. There's a really, there is a, re- a really interesting uh, spiritual cord running through everybody, and it's it's weird how how connected you are in all those ways. Maybe you're. It's like later when they played a certain song that I know you really wanted. Right. I was feeling that for you. Yeah. So you you have the personal things of people mm-hmm. you know, and I'm knowing that it was Mayfield and Brad's first show, like thinking of them seeing those drones. Yeah. But then also it's just everybody. Yeah. Like during Sandman, I like to look at the crowd because everyone's on their feet, and then you're you, there's a thread there. Yeah, it's it's cool, and the band feels it too. That's what all of that is—the energy and the yeah. connection. Well, and the cool thing, you know, they talk a lot about the Metallica family. Exactly, I was just going to mention that. But the, there's a lot of kids coming to shows now. We're I'm getting older, mm-hmm. and you know, when I was younger, it would be all kids my age. Right now that I'm getting older, I'm seeing twenty year olds mm-hmm. and middle age and people my age with their kids. And there was like a ten year old boy in front of us, and I think. Probably his dad and uncle, and they or were, maybe his two dads. His two dads, you know, even know. in Birmingham. Yeah, they're fist bumping. Mm-hmm. They're patting each other on the back. You know, there's a a little kid behind us, mm-hmm. and that kid was rocking out. You know, nice. and that's just it's it's cool to see kids, yeah. young kids, at these shows, and they're into it. They're not you know being like pouty, right. like dad dragged me to this. They're into it. 
I think that's and I think the band knows that the, the multi generational thing that it's become, and that's why they kind of build that stuff into the show. Because mm. there's a moment in Sabbath True that we'll get to, but they basically right. acknowledge the generational yeah. situation. That happening. was a cool moment. Um, so one interesting thing that I got, so I had some new perspectives being on a different part of the rail. One of the interesting things is before they came out, that before they came out and sort of got in their positions before the stage, we could hear electric guitar playing over long way to the top through, oh, through the monitors. I didn't notice that. And Sarah, who I was standing next to, who knows a lot about this stuff, because it was her 60th show. Wow. And that, way more for her husband, Pete. And then it was our friend Aaron's 90th show. <laughs> so these people are insane. Yeah. And, and I mean that lovingly. Mm -hmm. They're insane. And um, I w she could see my quizzical look when I could hear a guitar playing. And it sounded like Kirk. And it was kind of in the same key as the AC. He was kind of right. jamming to it, yeah. but he's nowhere to be seen. And she goes, that's, she goes, they take Kirk a guitar while he's waiting backstage and he's just sort of warming up. Wow. And she was like, when he comes up, he'll be holding that guitar and they give him a different guitar to play hardwired with. Wow. And I was like, that, why not just give him the guitar that he's going to play hardwired with? And of course she doesn't know. It's yeah. a mystery. But sure enough, he came up and he's holding, I think the white zombie <laughs> guitar. Yeah. And then he takes that off and right before he goes up, they hand him the mummy. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, what a weird thing. Yeah. So then we hear, the, you know, the hardwired tape starts. Mm -hmm. And that was when I saw James, like, closing his eyes. Right. So I was like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, describe for us kind of your vibe during that moment. Man, just during the tape, hardwired tape. Can you not use words and do interpretive dance to, to describe this part? <laughs> Let's do it non-verbally for all the listeners out there. Okay. I'll just get up and start. Yeah. That's great. You're doing it. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Okay, Fun. that was a funny joke. Um, it's, you know, all the lights are out, mm -hmm. and they're playing that tape. Mm -hmm. And then just the transition of the fucking crack of Lars's live snare. No joke. It's yeah. loud. And so, all the lights all the lights come on. The cubes come on. See, you're going to have to give me good perspectives on the cubes, because I can't see a lot of the cubes. Right. Stuff. Yeah, because they're right above you. Literally right above no, you. No, dude, we, like I said, that the uh, the 50 yard line mm -hmm. is the perfect, and we're not on the floor. We're You're elevated. Up, we're yeah. elevated just enough where they're, they're, sometimes they're eye level, sometimes they're lower, but for this, they were, you know, five feet above our head. Mm -hmm. And they're, they all come on at the same time. What's on them? Like hardwired stuff? Like the red and white? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because the album the album cover. Because when you're inside it, you can see the backs of the cubes yeah. that are that are facing away from us. But there's different information sometimes on the outsides. Of right. Them. So we're really missing a lot of that content. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Someone like Sarah could probably tell you better. But I I want to say the first or second song, every single cube looked like an old time TV. Yeah, I saw that. That was on. Uh, it might have been that, Atlas. I think. I know it was early on. Yeah, I think you're right. Right. I, I saw that, yeah. yeah. Oh, they look like... Some of them are like TV, some of them are like radios. Yeah, it's very, cool. really cool. Yeah. But um, it was just just an assault on your senses to go from pitch black to everything lit up. The cubes lit up. And, I mean, it's crazy because I've been seeing these cubes on YouTube and pictures on the forums. and um, And I've heard people say... I've heard people say this, like, oh... The cubes, the first time you see them, the pictures don't do justice. And 
have thought that exact same thing it's when like, they first came on. They're just like, incredible. It's like people who want to take pictures of the supermoon. Mm-hmm. D- uh, Brad, <laughs> supermoon. And everyone thinks that their picture is going to be the one in National right. Geographic or Scientific American. Yeah. And when you take a picture of the supermoon and then it's just a little dot on yeah. your phone, it kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Now, you you have got to be in person. There's, right. It's it's just a weird perspective of seeing them in front of you yeah. physically. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And when they start moving, I mean, I've mentioned this before and, you know, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but... They're designed, the, the design of these cubes is amazing. I don't mm-hmm. know how they do it, but whoever did it is doing an amazing job because they they look like big-ass fucking high-technology cubes, right. and I'm sure they're heavy. Yeah. But the, they move so fast. Yeah. And so with such smooth. grace. Yeah, yeah. It's super smooth. Yeah. Um, all right, so Hardwired into Atlas, anything? I, I mean, Atlas is one of my, it's my favorite song on Hardwired. Yeah, that, I, I fucking know you love that, yeah. that song. Yeah. So to see them play it, Right. It's just incredible, right? So, no, yeah, it was kind of like standard fare. They're kicking butt. Mm-hmm. You spend the first ten minutes, the first couple of songs, like getting the wow factor out of like seeing the guys in the room. Well, with that's you. what I was gonna say. That was the other thing. Um, experiencing this show with Lions right next to me, like I felt like I heard him audibly gasp right. when when the, when Hardwired started when the lights came on and, right. and Lars hit that snare beat, like I, I, I think I heard him gasp and sure. then he was doing this, like, <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he, he, well, you were just putting your hand over your mouth, but yeah, sorry, <laughs> but they he can't he, see you. He, he <laughs> didn't, this is a, this is an audio podcast, <laughs> but he had his hand up, up over his mouth, yeah. like jaw, fucking and, slack jaw. And, and some it, of that's totally involuntary, like yeah, sneezing. Like yeah. you, it's just, that's what happens. Yeah. You gasp. And that you know? was, that was pretty. That was a cool moment for me. Again, that goes back to the rock gods. Everything fucking lined up because everything lioned up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, up until two days ago, I didn't think he was coming to the show. He had mentioned he was gonna come to Carrion's, but that was it. But then when we were recording this weekend, he's like, "Yeah, I'm coming." And I was like, oh, that's awesome. We were barely able to work out getting him a ticket. Yeah. But so. then I thought, well, I'm going to be in the nosebleeds. I'm glad he's going, but right. I'm not going to be sitting with I'm him. kind of disappointed that you won't be with him yet. So to be there in that moment with him was, was pretty fucking special. You know, it really is cool this week so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the same, um, the same grace is happening at the party right. and at the national yeah. show. Yeah. I hope it's not all downhill from right. me. Right. <laughs> Um, all right, so going into Seek, Seek's fun. It's our yeah. first taste of Kill 'em All. Yeah. And well, let, that, me, let me ask you this before we get into Seek, because Seek mm-hmm. is when I really notice, like, the crowd, this is a big treat for the crowd. What was the reaction in your world, the 50-yard line, as they say, and by they I mean you and other sports people? Mm-hmm. What was the vibe like for the first two new songs, Hardwired and Atlas? Were people Did people know the songs? Were they excited to see new material? Yeah, no, it seemed like people were into it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, That's been really fun to see. No one's like looking at their, you know, no one's calling out for the unforgiven. Let me ask you this, kind of going back to Little Rock. Yeah. How was the crowd in Little Rock? Because I, th- I think I've seen on the forums people were like, oh, the crowd sucked. They, they say, were... people say that for every fucking show. Yeah, dude. it's crazy, right? Every show you're going to get someone saying the crowd sucked and someone saying the crowd was amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just, maybe it's pocketed and you're dealing with people's expectations. Yeah. So if you have the guy who, 
the last time he like for example the last time they played Birmingham was 26 years ago right. on the Black Album tour in 1992 um, if that guy's last memory is of being 16 in 1992 and in a mosh pit for an hour then he's gonna think the crowd sucks right now if you're me and you're 35 and you're on the rail and everyone around you is smiling and laughing and you're having a sort of spiritual communal experience and you just saw your favorite band play and everyone around you is high-fiving you, the crowd's great. Right. So my my theory is the people saying that on the forums are people that are watching it on someone's Facebook live stream and they only see the the four people that are in this person's phone. Right. They're not seeing the whole crowd. Or or they'll they'll see people like me, like I don't headbang at shows, okay? Right. I don't that's just not my style. Um, I don't like put the horns up the whole time. Right. I, I like to sing along and I'll and even like I also don't try to impress anyone around me with my mm, knowledge. Right. So it, there may be a song like Atlas that I know the words to, but because I'm really wanting to watch Lars's kick drum, I'm not I'm not there to impress anyone. Yeah. So someone may be seeing a group of people or a cluster of people who aren't singing along and they oh this crowd sucks. Yeah. It's like it's so hard to judge what someone's experience is. Yeah. And you and I were talking earlier about this, but crowds are different. Like Metallica's a band that's been around for almost 40 years. And a lot of us have grown up with them and we're in a different stage. Yeah. So it's just hard to, um, it's hard to make a true assessment. Yeah. The, it seems too simple to say the crowd was great or the crowd was shit. Right. It's kind of probably in between all of that, yeah. depending on the moment. The crowd during Sandman was insane. Mm-hmm. The crowd during, we're, we're going to get to the doodle. The crowd during the doodle, everyone went nuts. Right. So yeah. it's just ebbs and flows. Yeah, I will say on the stadium tour, a fire truck just right. drove by. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, the world ends yeah, every man. the world ends every day here. Um, I live on like a kind of sequestered street with a dead end, and literally a fire truck just drove right. by to the dead end. He'll be back in a minute. Yeah, we'll see him again in a minute. Is there a fire down there? He's gonna be he's gonna be backing up because there's nowhere to turn. Well, around. it like worries me because if there's a fire six houses right. down, it might get to me. <laughs> <laughs> a cop car just went by. Did you see that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, Sad, uh, but true. Um, the pun portion is now over right. of the show. <laughs> no, no, it's no, no. Not. It can't be. Um, what was I going to say about this? Seek and destroy. Yeah. So we and, get and the, seek. Oh, the crowd. The crowd during the first. Two I saw a lot of people get stoked for Seek, and I, I believe it's Seek where they're showing a lot of like old ticket stubs. Yeah. And Which so, is cool. An ambulance just. Yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Can you corroborate? I'm not making this up. No, Police you're not. Car, ambulance, you are not. Oh. Fire truck. Yeah. What else do we need? Do we need the SWAT team? <laughs> tank. Can we can we get a fucking military tank? A SWAT team? Some Hummers. Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe the ninjas. What's that Japanese like secret ninja group? Um, the sex. Whatever. I'm not even trying to. I almost tried to say something Japanese. Um, every emergency vehicle in Nashville is at right. my house right yeah. now. Um. I thought Seek was cool. I can't remember if this is where, but Kirk Hammett debuted a new guitar last night. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know it was feel like it was a new guitar? Yeah, I I, I saw the like Ouija it's stuff a, it's on it, Ouija. and I'm like, that's not the the because he's got it's a black one, right? There he goes. He, well, he has three that I'm aware of. Okay, the main the the most popular one is the black Ouija, right? And then he at some point he got a white one. Which is pretty bitchin', and that that made several appearances. Right. Then he got kind of a rare one that's just like natural wood colored. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. It's one. It's pretty rare. Yeah, I, I can't think of when he played it, but I know that when we were researching for our gear episode, we came across it, and um, it may have been kind of a one-off anniversary, mm. like tenth anniversary of that right. guitar. 
Last night he played one that's people will be familiar with his sort of hardwired era purple sparkle ESP right. KH2, and this is a red sparkle, but it's the Ouija. Yeah, and when his tech was handing it to him after Atlas, you could tell Kirk was excited to play it because he he was doing this like give it to me, give it yeah. to me, like he was just stoked, you know, yeah. like his new guitar. So it was fun to get kind of a new guitar debut yeah. in Birmingham. I didn't know that it was brand new because I don't keep up as as right. much with that kind of stuff That's but i definitely you're a normal person right. <laughs> your more your 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 happiness levels are like i definitely higher. recognize that i've never seen that one right and i was like that's that's pretty cool looking it, it i was, also noticed his red sparkly converse mm-hmm. so here's one of the first things i said when i saw kirk is i was excited that he was wearing that witch shirt that was a badass shirt because i remember the seeing logo i remember is, seeing it like in the stadium tour and yeah. being like I remember looking it up because I was like, I want to get it. Uh, it's real expensive. Is it? Is that a band? What is Witch? I found the I found the people who make that shirt. It's I think it's it is a I I don't want to say what I don't know because that's just right. I'm gonna get a hundred emails. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I do know I looked it up because I wanted to buy it and it's like five hundred bucks. Really? And I looked up his pants. Yeah. The ones with the red lines down them also incredibly expensive. Yeah. So. Uh, but he was all sort of coordinated because yes. that witch shirt is black and red. Yeah. He had the red stripes on his pants, and then he was wearing sparkly Converse, yeah. red Converse. Yeah, I like all that. <laughs> I think Kirk's got some real serious fashion game. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what all the boys are wearing. Rob kind of has the most static. Rob and Lars have a really static mm-hmm. uniform. Yeah. Rob usually wears a gray or black shirt and gray pants. Yeah. Kurt, or, um, Lars usually wears like black jeans and a black shirt mm-hmm. and a backwards cap. and backwards cap. James has got the black shirt. I love James has these great Celtic crosses on the yeah. going down his boots. Yeah. And then he usually makes a couple of battle jacket changes. Yeah. And then he's got he he changes from like a black t shirt to a black sleeveless shirt. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his world. Yeah. Kirk did do a t shirt change in the middle of the yeah, set, and I'll talk did. about that. There was kind of an interesting moment, but <laughs> Seeking the Story is fun. It's a great sing along. Yeah. Short I think and sweet. Before Seek starts, is that when James, you know, Greets the crowd. Yeah. And he's saying, We're gonna play some new stuff. Yeah. And we're gonna play some old stuff. And they do they go into seek and as they're playing it, he's like this one. Like this one. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's well, he makes some kind of joke like maybe if you're lucky, we'll play some old stuff. Right. And they're like, go, 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 go. <laughs> Yeah. So the magic trick is everyone's going, All right, maybe we can if we hang in there, we'll get some old stuff. And right. they play seek. Everyone's like, right. What? Yeah. Yeah, because they seek's usually a set ender, isn't it? They ended they ended their shows with Seek for years, yeah. and that's why when he, they finish it, James says good night. That's right, yeah. Which was and that's him. That's that's a joke. That's an inside joke with all of us because right. that was just the classic right. set ender forever. Yeah, and it's a great ender, but I like it at the top. Yeah, you know why I like it at the top because they don't do a big bullshitty long thing. Yeah, where the crowd sings it forever. Right, they kind of just play it down. Yeah, and uh, God, is it, there's a version there's a version I've is it Mexico City where it's like fucking twelve minutes long. It's one of those binge and purge, probably. Yeah. yeah, and that was the time for it. You know, at, yeah, when they were doing those shows. It was only it was like ten years old, yeah, and it was becoming the big staple that it is, right? But not quite worn out to the point yeah. now. So no, it's a fun. I mean, it's a fun moment whenever the band goes into the crowd and gets you singing and stuff. But us older fans have heard it a million times. So, like you said, it's it's something different to hear it at the top. Now, I wanted to mention this because I got this wrong, and I've been corrected, and I wanted to formally make the correction. Mm-hmm. For Seek, James is playing the Camo Snake Bite, which mm-hmm. I recall being played during Sabbath True on the stadium tour. 
and uh, I knew that they'd been playing Seek a whole step down, and I was like, that's why he does it, because Sabbath True is a whole step down. This is kind of nerdy uh, technical talk, right? but because I've been corrected, I'd like to just for the record. Right. So someone wrote, they've been playing Seek in E-flat again since 2015, so I'm fired, obviously. Camo Snake Bite is now tuned to E-flat. James is now using the White Snake Bite on Sabbath True. Cheers from Poland, New Jersey, and have fun tonight. That's from Swerk H. So the record has been set straight. I apologize. May the gods forgive me. When did he play the Black Snake Bite? Because I, I want to say I saw that first. He, he didn't play a Black he Snake didn't. Bite. No. We'll, okay. we'll get to that. Uh, actually, that may be coming up. That's coming up in a few songs. Okay. We'll get to that. I, I okay. thought it was black, but... Um, Maybe I thought it was black, and then... Because I, I remember specifically seeing the camo one. Yeah. I think the backs of those are black. Maybe that's But what when he is. turns around, you see whatever they are. Okay. Because another really fascinating snake bite made a, an appearance tonight at mm-hmm. this show. Um, now, the fourth slot is what I was excited about, because the fourth slot tends to be the wild card slot. Right. We got through the Never and Little Rock. The weirdest ones they've done is like No Leaf Clover, Unforgiven 3, right. Leper Messiah, No Remorse. And uh, they kind of they kind of threw a curveball and did the reload slot. We mm-hmm. got Memory Remains. Right. How were you feeling about that? I loved it. I love that song. Um, and I know you you hate when I say this, but mm-hmm. I'd much rather see that than Fuel. No, so I was, do I hate that? You hate that I don't like Load and Reload. Oh. <laughs> do I? <laughs> do you? Am I? I don't. I don't know what I think about yeah. anything anymore. <laughs> I would rather have memory than fuel, but they're both yeah. great. We're going to get yeah. fuel tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Which, again, we talked about this in St. Louis. I, In the moment, they're fucking start playing fuel. You're I'm, fine. I'm, yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. I'm screaming the, the lyrics out. Yeah. So, whatever. It is fun. Like, fuel is more of like a driving in your face. Right. Memory's got that great groove. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's heavy. It's super heavy. I think that I think the heaviness of that song gets is underestimated by yeah. folks, um, and then and then of course the sing along part is is a is a treat. Yeah. Then we get the which un- the, go ahead. Which you know again for me, you know Lions isn't um, he's a fan, but I don't think he listens to boots. You know to what to bootlegs. Oh, I don't li- either. Live shows. I don't either. But you know. The sing along part. Oh yeah, he he doesn't. Oh, so when I start doing it, I he was laughing at me. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> but that, I I don't think he realized like the whole crowd is doing it. Also, he couldn't he just, hear. He couldn't hear the twenty thousand. Well, people. at first, at first, right, right. When I first started doing it, jokes on him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you hear that lines? Jokes on you, homie. He's like, what are you doing? You're not a singer. Uh, whoopsie, whoopsie for me. Everyone's doing it but me. Did he end up joining in? No. Oh, he did it? No. Oh, man. I'm not a big participator of that kind of stuff, right. but I was screaming that. I'm a bit hoarse today from yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's fun because they they end up... At first, James is playing that hook, so you kind of have a map. And then he's kind of like admonishing the crowd to do right. it. And then that stops, and it's just Lars hitting the hi-hat. Yeah. And then that stops, and they're, they're all on the sides of the stage right. getting everyone yeah. excited. And I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah. You, you kind of wonder... How long can we do this for? Yes, definitely. We could probably go quite a bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. If Lars keeps, you know, waving his hand to keep doing it, I'm I'm doing it. And they, and and they take they take a lot of time to like really try to get the nosebleeds involved in that right. to bring them into the show. Yep. And that, I think that's a cool moment. Yeah, it's fun. Um then they go into the Unforgiven, which is great. I mean, yeah. Total barn burner. 
Kurt is playing the greenie. Now you tell me they play the the tape before mm-hmm. Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. If they were gonna play two or three, mm-hmm. would it be the same tape? No, because oh, okay. well, I I can't. I've listened to the Unforgiven three from. I can't remember if that was Lincoln or. Um, it was one of the first three shows of the leg. Right. It was in the Midwest. I can't remember what the. I think it was a different intro tape for Unforgiven yeah. three. Okay. The Unforgiven tape that they play is definitely got hallmarks of the Unforgiven. Right. It's got that. Um, kind of marching snare sound. Yeah. Which is not an Unforgiven 3 or 2. Um, and you would hear the horn. Right. For, at least for 2. Okay. But for 3, I think it had its own thing. Because, you know, there was like a piano intro that James created. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think they're going to pull, like, oh, you're thinking Unforgiven's coming and then it's 3. That's what, that's what I was thinking like, in, the, in the moment. It'd be cool if they did that, but I don't think yeah. they're throwing that kind of yeah. curveball. And I th- if you're going to have to pick one of those, you're going to have to go with Unforgiven in yeah. terms of crowd pleasing. Yeah. And the last time they were in Birmingham was at the height, was at not the height, but at Black Album World. Right. So I can see why they would opt for that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. Um, it was good to see that greeny guitar. James sounded great. I don't remember where he was. So we were on what's considered Kirk's position. And I got to say, compared to Little Rock, we got less FaceTime. Yeah. with the boys than Little Rock, where we yeah. were in Rob's position. I don't know what accounts for that. Maybe it's arbitrary. But the, What I was thinking about that whole thing is we got... It seemed very... Um, how do you say it? Like, everyone... Every, it? every Every side got kind of an equal amount of the boys. Right. So, I was... That was that was what you... Your perception from yeah. getting the, the more panoramic view right. of it? Okay, cool. Yeah, from center court. <laughs> Um, the solo I thought was great. You know, it was a little more washy for me last night in terms of being able to hone in on like, oh, Kirk really nailed that or whatever, you know? So, and I was kind of just on the ride having fun. I wasn't, I didn't have my like, you know, magnifying glass out. Right. And I don't. Well, again, for me, again, with Lions, like at some point, you know, he was like a little kid and he turned to me and he was like, that's. That's fucking Kirk Hammett. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Flying, you know, and it's just like, it was fun. I was yeah. having so much fun with that dude. And when you're starting to tap into that kind of magic, mm-hmm. like when you're remembering in your mind's eye being a kid and watching, you know, when you're just really understanding that you're sharing this moment with the people who made this music, yeah, all the nitpicky bullshit completely evaporates right. In, right. into the bullshit that it yeah, is. Yeah, we're in a room with these dudes. Yeah playing these songs like and they're human beings yeah and 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 they don't play to they don't pull any bullshit what you're hearing is what they're playing right and you know what really struck me <clears throat> is how athletic the show is yeah like these dudes are, are playing aggressive fast music they're playing it well some of them some of the songs they're playing faster than the records and they're running around like kids yeah like we're lucky dude we're lucky that they are in the shape they're in that they that the ones that needed to clean up got clean. Right. And that they still love it. Yeah. They still love doing it. And that's what I love about, for the kids that are in the sh- in the audience, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, this band is still as fucking metal as they were 20 years ago. Right. You know, it's not like, um, that they're missing out on something. Like, they're not seeing a shell of these guys. Right. And, 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 you know, metal is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Punk rock, punk rock is an attitude. It's not how fast you're playing 
or the drugs you do. Right. So in my opinion, as a 35-year-old musician and as a father and as someone who is constantly trying to figure out how to survive the world mm -hmm. mentally and physically, I think it's metal as fuck that James got sober mm -hmm. and that he wants to come out there and be clear and present and powerful. Yeah. And you know, he did that with, he did that with booze. He did it. But it came to a point where he had to make a decision where it was controlling him. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's great for kids to see. Mm -hmm. Well, I got, I, well, unfortunately I saw him after he got sober. That's not, that's not being said by any serious person. Right. Because they're bringing some real serious heat. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh, any more emergencies out there? That, that <laughs> no, I think it's calmed down. Good God. Okay, now that we're dead, so this is fun. I any thoughts? So we saw the stadium tour where they had the big drums. Right. This is different with the Cubes. First yeah. of all, what do you think about that song? Oh, I love it. You're okay with yeah, that? Yeah, I like that song not, a lot. That's definitely the most load reloadish sounding it's, song. Yeah, but it's it's I uh, as a drummer, mm -hmm. I like the I like Lars's. I love that tomping. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I hone in on that too. That's fun. That's a that's a fun part of the record. It's not technically insane. Yeah, but that's a cool little. And it's kind of like it took me a minute to get the like the timing, the count of how many times he does that role. If that makes sense. So if you count the bars, it's four bars. One bar is one, two, three, four. So he goes. So it's two bars. Right. So he goes, one, two, two, bar. Dugga, 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 one. Yeah. Two, bar. Dugga, 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 dugga. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And it took me a minute. It took me a minute because I'm not like professional. I never took lessons. I kind of just taught myself. I'm not that great. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So trying to figure that out took me a minute. I imagine you standing there while they're playing and you're like counting with your finger. You're like looking at your hands like one. Hold on. Shit. Well, no, Let me start I'm not talking about last night. I'm talking about just when I would hear the song. Like if I'm driving. I want to keep imagining this. Hold okay, on. Okay. Yeah. You pull you somehow you've smuggled a big bag in and you pull mm -hmm. out an actual abacus right. and you're like moving the bead. You're like, duck it, duck it, duck it, duck it. Wait, and then you have to start over. You push all them all back. Mm hmm. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Or you get a sundial out and try that for a second. Or a protractor you mm -hmm. get out and you're like drawing algorithms. Right. I'm enjoying imagining that. I've got like a an app, a metronome app, mm -hmm. and I'm like trying to, you know, get it get it to the same. You've mocked up an actual three-dimensional pie chart. Right. And you're like, that you've made with a 3D printer mm -hmm. that you brought. I'm imagining that. Yeah. That's fun. I've got some graph paper. Some graphing paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm enjoying you've, you. You've gotten the yarn out like Dexter when he does the blood splatter analysis. And you've splattered out 17,000 strands of yarn. Right. To try to trace the thread. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's a fun yeah. image. Okay. So tell me about uh, what do you think about the drum world? Uh, much better than the. Yeah. They've kind of dialed it in. Show. Yeah. Who were you looking at during that? Were you were you honing in on James, or do you were you trying to look at all of them? I was James and Kirk. Okay, why because, why Kirk? Because he's like the worst at it, and he, he doesn't. <laughs> so it's yeah. funny and fun to watch him kind of struggle through it. I, because, Not in a mean way. No, no, he's, I agree. Look, he looks like he's having fun. I think he's a I think he's a good sport. Right, but but yeah. you know that every night before that, something in his mind he goes. Oh fuck! Right here God we go. Damn it. God, Let's here just we get go it over again. With. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big grin on his face while he's doing it. And James, I like because he's he's the, loving it, right? He's a drummer, yeah. You know, also, so that's like the one time he gets to do it, and he he definitely is playing 
more notes than Robin Kirk. Well, he's he, got like the snare sound. He has a and, snare, and he's, yeah. he does the kind of marching thing, yeah. which I was noticing like he had pretty good technique with that. That's hard to do. Yeah. Um, I will tell you what's funny that we just talked about trying to figure out Lars mm-hmm. doing that tom roll. Yeah. When they do the um, dun dun dun, hey, dun dun dun, hey. In which song? In when they're doing that. And now, the, oh oh, bum bum. Bah, bah. Hey, I could not figure out. Oh, really? When I was supposed to say "Hey," <laughs> it was fucking me up. Yeah, because I, it's 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 in my mind it's 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 like a in between beat. It is. It's not on the the one or the four. It's like in between. It's on the and. Is that how you'd say it? Um, I may not be the best one to parse this. Okay, out. but yeah, it's. I it's I, that was I was trying my best and it was I was always I was always behind, you know, when they would do it. All right, I'm I'm, I'm getting another image. <laughs> I'm imagining everyone in this room but you knows when to do it, and so you're hearing bum bum to bum to bum to bum. Hey hey. <laughs> <laughs> The, yeah. the one late, that was pretty much what it was. The one late hey, and yeah. it's like every time for, yeah. for ninety seconds. Yes, I think I got the last one because you hear the big uproars. <clears throat> hey, yeah, crap! And then yeah. you're like a crap. Yep. you're like you're getting hard on yourself about it. I just can't get it. Will someone please count this for me? It's not on the beat. It's syncopated or something. It's on the ends. Man, here's what, here's what's your friend when you don't really know what to do. With that just look at James. Yeah, you know, like just try to like. You can see him start to open his mouth. Yeah, but I you know? think he started. He either screwed up on purpose oh. and was joking about. He was doing like, like. Am he I does supposed do to do that? Yeah. yeah. He does so that I'm a like, lot. I'm lost. I'm totally lost. You know. And you know, you can't look at Kirk for that. No, because he's looking at James. He's he's just as confused as <laughs> right. you are, James. Yeah, me and Kirk had a moment. You know, when they're on the jet on the way home, they're like, "Man, that was a great show." Anyone have anything to say? He's like, uh, uh, "James, uh, just real quick, man. When you're tricking the crowd, you're tricking me too." Because I, I need you, brother. I really need you to just lock in, so I can, I'm trying to follow you. These people are looking at me, and I'm I'm the the two guys saying the late hey, are you and Kirk? Hey, yeah. I look like a do- dummy when you do that, James. Anyone's voice that's not me is this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, does that cover that for you? Is, is that yeah? We... I like I like those. Okay. I like those a lot better than the the big giant ones. We've talked about it, but it's shorter and they yeah. seem to transition through it more smoothly yeah. than in the stadium tour. Well, overall we talked about this. They seemed to me way tighter last night. Yeah. And th- that comes from, it's been a year and a half that they've been playing this, this show, the hardwired show. It's, hel- it's helpful to think about anything this way. So, you know, Brett, we were walking out of the arena and Brad was like, you know, I think it was tighter than, than St. Louis. And it's like, that was however, that was a hundred shows ago. Right. So when you start to measure things by... Yeah, I tweaked everything and... You know, like, show three is going to be different than show 26. Yeah. And show 26 is going to be different than show 85. And that's just a good way of measuring stuff. I remember Jay Weinberg saying that about Slipknot. He, You know, I, I was asking him, I can't remember how exactly it came up, but I was like, how do you assess your shows? Do you feel like you've gotten better? And and he was like, yeah. He's like, you know, we've got, I've got 300 shows under my belt with Slipknot. So things feel great. You know, that was kind of how he measured it, too. Yeah. And just because Metallica is the biggest band in the world, they're on the same type of regiment yeah. in terms of every mistake they learn from. And, mm-hmm. you know, they made some tonight or this night that yeah. we're going to get into. 
Now here's so next was the for me the biggest treat, and this is when the black snake bite comes in, and I'm doing air quotes for black. So James is facing away from me and you, mm-hmm. and so all I can see is that he's playing a snake bite, and that it, the back of the neck and the back of the guitar are black, and I can hear him talking about we're, we've got something heavy planned, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely not Sabbath true, and I saw that it was a snake bite, which I know he plays on Sabbath true. And I looked at the Saravan and Ethan, and I said, "What song does James play a black snake bite on?" I don't. And we're all kind of looking confused. Right. And then it starts to dawn on me. He's talking about something heavy, and he turns around, and I see it's purple. And I was like, "Holy shit! They're gonna do Dream No More." Yeah. Because that's a that guitar is a baritone guitar. That I guess he has it tuned down a whole step. Oh God, someone's gonna write in now. Mm-hmm. But that it's tuned differently. And. uh that was a treat, dude, because they've only played Dream No More a handful of times. Oh, really? They they not see. I wasn't I wasn't sure. Again, I don't. I'm not super up on. You don't listen to the, the boots. The He's not doing a lot of boot stats. listening. No, they they alternate it with confusion. Okay, but most nights they don't play either. Right. So it was a treat. I mean, yeah. maybe a lot of the people there didn't know it, but that was a treat for sure. Yeah, and it was super fucking heavy. It was. That's one thing I took from it. I was like, damn, this song is fucking heavy. Just like seeing it live and, and loud. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. I thought they played it great too. Yeah. I'd be interesting to see the tuning room from last night. I wonder if they mocked that up in the tuning room. Mm-hmm. Because like most of their songs, I mean, I was particularly with Kirk, I was like, this is a complicated song. And it's got a really cool, complicated solo. Yeah. Cause it turn he does a solo that kind of turns into this hook that before it goes in that outro right anyway um i so i I was fucking stoked i was grinning ear to ear and as far as i was concerned that show rose to the top just for that treat that song yeah Yeah. that just felt special to me and we probably won't get you know what it made me feel like though maybe we're gonna get confusion in nashville that'd be cool too which would be a real treat because they're not doing that a lot another one they don't play a lot and that's one i don't think we're gonna see after this cycle right i don't think we're gonna see now that we're dead or confusion, right? Or hardwired, yeah. I think we're gonna still get Moth, Atlas, and Halo, yeah. Maybe Spit. So I kind of want to get all my hardwired tunes in now while they're. Mm-hmm. I think about that Death Magnetic tour, dude, when they were playing Judas Kiss and yeah. All Nightmare Long and My Apocalypse almost every night. Well, that's one thing goes back to you know I'd never seen them until 2017. Right. 2017. Right. I ha- I could have come to the 2008 show at the Bridgestone. Right. But I had just moved here. I'd never been to Bridgestone, and all they had was nosebleeds. And I felt like I don't want to go see them from the nosebleeds, not realizing they were playing in the round that pretty much anywhere you sit is going to be decent. Plus, it's fucking Metallica. Right. And I and I'm I and I'm pretty regret. sure the World Magnetic stage was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That was that black, real long. It was like a long rectangle. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the amps on the stage in yeah. the middle, and they would kind of hop over. And yeah. Shit. And I. And the, and the coffins, myself. like yeah, the coffins I'm, coming down. Yeah, keep going. Well, hey, I didn't go either. We're, we're, this is called yeah, misery. I just been ki- ki- and then Lemmy fucking comes out. Lemmy, yeah. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? We might get some guests tomorrow. The, yeah, the, that'd be the, cool. The inside buzz is that the Nashville show is going to be similar to the Vegas show in terms of excitement. Get not party, guests on stage, party but, type, but a, but a party show. Yeah, I think a lot of the families are coming. Like, it's going to be a big show. So Taylor Swift probably come out. She'll probably come out and yeah, she'll probably come out and do the thing that should not be. Right. <laughs> it's her favorite song. Um, so Dream No More is a, a total treat. Yeah. Um, after this, James put on his Karina 
I hate to be the guy that's like, oh, they're going to do this now. But I did turn back to Ethan and say, Bells. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they're probably going to play Bells. I just looked back and went, Bells. Yeah, I kept, tr- I was, I didn't, I did a good job at not doing that to Brad and Matthew. It's hard. Because Matthew even asked me, like, okay, dude, what do you think they're going to open with? And oh, I, I know that's that. So, that's so sweet. And I, I was about to tell him. And I'm like, oh, wait. I said, I already know. Do you want me to tell you? He's like, oh, no. You know, I didn't want to ruin it for him. Okay. So I didn't say nothing. That's so sweet. But I did the, like, I already know what they're going to play. But see, but see, this is that is a great story because Matthew, for those of you who don't know, he's a good friend of ours. He's an artist in Birmingham. Brad and I have toured with him and played on his records and stuff. And he is a legit hard rock fan and a legit Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not the kind of guy that's looking at every show. He's a normal right. guy. Yeah. And he's got that excitement. Yeah. What do you think they're going to open with? Yeah. That he, that is a template for almost everyone in there. Yeah. The Those of us in the niche of diehardism, we are not anywhere near a majority. We are, right. we are a select small group of insane mm-hmm. people. And that's just a healthy thing to keep hovering above you when you feel like oh, I wish they'd mix up the set list or whatever right. whatever your complaints are. Every show is someone's first fucking show. Right. T- 38 years later, right. it's Matthew and Lyon's first show. Right. I mean, so yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a great point. So Bells B- Bells kills. Now, my memory is that James was James facing you guys for a lot of Bells. Do you remember anything like I, that? I don't remember. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> it's just crazy. A lot's happening, you yeah. know, like the boys yeah. are running around and you're trying to I was trying to watch different members of the band on different parts of songs that I didn't watch in Little Rock. You might do that um, tomorrow in Nashville. Right. I pretty much focused on whoever was on that microphone right in front of me. Okay, cool. Because I thought they're gonna they're all moving around. Rob's gonna come over yep. in a minute, so I don't have to look at him across the stage. Right. I'll look at who's ever in front of me because they're they're all rotating. They're all gonna be back in front of me at some moment. Right. You know. I feel like, and I'm I'm a little biased because Ride the Lightning is my favorite Metallica mm-hmm. record. It's just it'll never ever be unseated ever, unless they make another record like that, which yeah. they could actually. But I feel like the Lightning tunes, it's Black Album in terms of crowd response. So any Black Album shit, you're gonna see that the re- there's a reason that that's the big commercial record. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the next one isn't Puppets or Justice. The next one down is Ride. Yeah. When they play Fade to Black, when they play Creeping Death, and when they play Bells. Yeah. Those are the songs that are Black Album level in terms of everyone. When they start playing Bells, everyone's going, oh, fuck. Yeah. Gugga, gugga, gugga. I literally got chills just saying that. <laughs> I give myself chills. <laughs> How in, when a, They're like, that guy's such a fucking douchebag. He gives himself chills. <laughs> I slay me. Anything interesting for you about Bells? How about Kirk ripping the shit out of a solo at the end of Bells? Yeah. All the dudes leave, and he, he does yeah. like a total Guitar Hero thing. Yeah, it was awesome. He was the exact opposite of me on the other side of Kirk. I do remember of, that. Of, he was he was way over on our right. So I couldn't really see him. Our back to, it seemed like, I will say that, it seemed like a lot of times when he was ripping solos. Oh, ripping them? He was not facing us. Right. Well, he did that on purpose. He didn't want you to see right. him. He was embarrassed for you to see him. Right, right. <laughs> He's like talking to his te- like all the things he's talking to his tech about that I can't hear. I can see him talking. He's like, "Where's Brad sitting? Right. Wait, no, which section is Brad sitting in? Because I have a solo to do later." Uh, speaking of solos, so I'm going to move on if that's cool with you. Yes. 
we get what I would consider for me another treat. We get Sanitarium, mm-hmm. and they, they yeah. played a really cool intro tape to it. That, yeah. That didn't sound a lot like Sanitarium. I didn't know it was going to be Sanitarium yeah, until we, they started playing. We were all a little confused, and Sarah kind of, she was like, Sanitarium. She was, she was that <laughs> she person. Was, yeah. Sanitarium. That's exactly what she sounds like. Um, but the intro tape was cool. It was like real bass heavy and like moody. It almost had kind of an uh, electronic feel. Right. Although, of course, it wasn't. It wasn't a fucking Depeche Mode right. up there. But um, I, Now, is this one that they don't play... They play this fairly often, but it's kind of it's in the same it's in the same family as Fade yeah. and yeah, yeah. and Halo. They're unlikely to play Fade and Sanitarium, right? Or Halo and Sanitarium. Right. So it's kind of in that world. Yeah, because Brad asked me, "Do they play this a lot?" And I was like, "I think it's one of like the rotating kind of ones." It rotates, but I don't think it comes out. As, there are people out there who actually have statistics on this, yeah. And I don't have that, so we won't spend too much time on that. But I. From doing these metal tales, like mm-hmm. overviewing every show, it seems like you're going to get Fade more, right? Than this, yeah. So, but they played Fade in Little Rock, so I think this did. Oh, okay, I'll be interested to see tomorrow. I, I bet you a million bucks they play Fade tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Big show. Uh, Fade, Fade to Black is a bigger song, I think, in my mind. Yeah. What do you think? I know you're a big puppets guy. You, San- yeah, Fade is definitely bigger than Sanitarium. You know what I thought last night? I, I, I'll be honest, I don't. Sanitarium is one of those songs that I fucking loved it like when I was younger, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like the opposite of when it grows on you. Like it's kind of faded away from how much I love it. I, I my feeling while it was going down was I would never choose for them to play this, mm-hmm. but I sang every word. I was like again, screaming in every the mo- word again in the moment. In the moment, I go back to being in high school and being like, "This song is so fucking awesome," you know. The only this is when I saw the first hiccup because it literally happened right in front of me. Is Kirk? Kirk did kind of botch this, the intro solo, and he was like looking at his tech, like I don't know, I don't know what the problem was, but he did botch that solo. Yeah, but you know what? As, as soon as that happens, then it's over, and then you're then James is singing the first verse, and you're having a good time again. Right. <clears throat> Man, my fucking phone is blowing up, dude. <laughs> Are they telling you? Yeah, Did but you? don't say that yet. Don't say okay. that yet. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to post that picture. So okay. anyway, we, we made it to <laughs> Lars's Instagram last night. So just so many of our listeners are like hitting us up like, you made it to Lars's Instagram? <laughs> um, can we move on from Sanitarium yes. or do you want to keep talking um, about that? I was that? trying to look real quick. Is it checking Facebook real yeah, quick? Yeah. Um, seeing how many likes I got. Yeah. No, Sanitarium. I did not see that in St. Louis. This was this show. I need to go and look at it more when I've got some time. But it seemed like this show versus our St. Louis set list, the rotating slots. Mm-hmm. I got I got different songs than I did in St. Louis. Yeah, except you got, for except for Battery. Right, because you got Creeping Death. Yeah, and, and instead of Fade, you got Sanitarium. Right, and you got Memory. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's for me. That was and Four Horsemen did instead of Whiplash. That? Yeah. yeah. We haven't gotten so, there yet, though. Okay. Spoiler alert. Because oh. <laughs> no one has access to any of right. this information. Um, so let's talk about the doodles. So yeah. it's Alabama. A lot of speculation about what the doodle might be. Uh, yeah. The first thing that comes up is Sweetum, Alabama. And it's the first thing that we just immediately dismiss. No way. They're not from Alabama. Right. And so... And it was like... It's so obvious. It's too obvious, that's right? The song, that's the most obvious fucking doodle song. So there's no way they're going to do it. And then, of course, they do. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the, but 
We were all looking at each other during it. Yeah, that was that was one of the moments. Like you, we look down at you, and you're looking at us. The crowd is going ape shit. The crowd was going crazy. Absolutely ape shit. The only three or four people that weren't was me, you, Matthew, (laughs) and and Lions. And we're looking at each other. Yeah, I'm doing thumbs down. Yeah, I'm doing the cut cut with yeah, your yeah. neck you know and you're just like the facial expressions on your face you know what i mean I, here's here's what my face said <laughs> across an entire arena really yeah, yeah. really exactly but again jokes on us because it obviously was the right decision yeah because everyone went crazy and we got a treat for the we doodles did. james came up and sang it yeah I got super fucking excited. I, I was like a little kid, like tapping lines. Like, he doesn't do this. He never does He that. doesn't sing yeah. with them on the doodles. So he's up there singing the chorus. And, and after he got done singing the chorus, he started to walk what ended up being towards his position off stage. Right. I thought he was walking to the drums. And I thought oh, he was going to. That would have been like, fucking amazing. With him. Yeah. And it really did seem like, um, it seemed like that was pretty spontaneous because, you know, he always says, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I think Ethan was saying. You know, he introduces them, and then he goes to his little yeah. alcove. Yep. And it looked like he jumped up, like yeah. he was surprised to come and sing. Right. So yeah, I think it was something that was so that was spontaneous. Worth, that was kind of worth the hokiness of Sweet yeah. Home. And then they did what was a great homage as they yeah. started playing Iron Man. Now the significance of that with Birmingham is Birmingham was a huge steel city. Right. And it's actually called uh, the Iron City. Right. So for them to you know for them to, to to play yeah. Iron Man felt like a deep homage right. to the town. Now you might know, or maybe Sarah can tell us. But why did um, Kurt? He brought up like a music stand. So what was that? So they work those songs out the day of. Okay. And I think that just, I think that just to make sure they don't get lost, they have a chart. They have like you know they have basically a cheat sheet. Yeah. Okay. So you know what I imagine? I did, I couldn't see what that piece of paper said. Right. But what I imagine it said was, Sweet Home Alabama. And then it said D C G. Okay. And then it probably said two bar intro. It, it probably just sort of mapped out what they're doing. Right. And then it probably under that said Iron Man. Yeah. B minor. To, it had the chords, mm-hmm. so they could glance and not get. They're not going to be up there looking like dummies. Right. And I think as far as doodles go, the Iron Man thing was great because that yeah. riff is so great. The whole crowd was singing the yeah. hook. Yeah. But they didn't just do the down down down. They did like boom 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 boom. Was was the doodle a little extended? It was. Than it than normally. It seemed the the few you know bootlegs I've listened to it seemed like they were they went long. Last well, they night. played all the parts of Iron Man. It was right. like it wasn't just the riff. Right. Now sometimes what they'll do is play a little medley and then they'll play like disposable heroes. They'll yeah. play a Metallica song. Right. So I don't know if it was that long, but they didn't play oh, okay. a Metallica song. They just kind of yeah. extended Iron Man. Yeah. But it was just cool to see them do like the bridge and stuff instead yeah, people, of people. People you know, bitch about the doodle, but it it was awesome last night. It was fun. I can't imagine bitching about any of it. I, I mean, and then Rob does anesthesia, which is great. And yeah. I'm pretty sure this is when, um. Kirk, so we're standing there like the whole night. Whenever Kirk's off stage, he's just standing right in front of us, and he's talking to his tech about what I imagine. Like, yeah, I'm having trouble hearing. Whatever, I need to change my ear mix. This guitar feels weird. Check the E string on this guitar. Whatever. For this part, uh, a portable bed was brought over there and unfolded. And when he came off stage, he took his shirt off, the witch shirt, and he laid on the bed, and then he got like. 
a chiropractic massage. Now, was he in like the security pit, or was he back in the little like alcove? No, he area? was. He was when the boys came down and ran <clears throat> around. He was right. in that. He was in there. Right. And he had like his team around him because I guess the deal is, no one can take pictures or record that. And if you're really? like filming that or whatever, they have people that come up to you and say, "Turn that shit off." Wow. And I think, that's interesting. I think before I got to the rail, they told every. I mean, they're they're nice, but right. but um, firm. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Hey, at this point in the show, Kirk's gonna get it, gonna get worked on." You know, they said that. Well, Sarah told told us that they sort of let everyone know. Wow. And there will be no filming or video. And then when he did do it, people were trying to, and the security people were like up in their faces, like oh, turn wow. it off now. And they had these weird things they would hold that would block. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And it, you know. <laughs> It was interesting. It was kind of weird to see it, yeah. but it wasn't a rock star thing. It was a, this is what I need to do to, to, to stay, keep, to to stay keep physically fit, to yeah, keep doing the I show, totally and for that. it to be as athletic as we want yeah. it to be. Because it wasn't like, it's, it wasn't like a spa. They were right. like, they were like pulling his legs and they were like doing the leg over his waist. Like yeah. it, it looked like, um, it looked like maintenance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, not like a. Yeah. When you, when you know, my first reaction when you said it is it's it's funny, and it is like rock star, but when you think about it, it it is maintenance. You know, they are up there, they are older, right? And they're running around. He's got this. I don't know how much does a guitar weigh. You know, around his neck. Well, I know that Les Paul's real heavy. Yeah, Les Pauls are very. Heavy. It's a one big chunk of wood. Yeah. Now his KH twos, his various mummies and white zombies and Bride of Frankenstein's and all that. He may have had them. Um, chambered right. so they're lighter like yeah but a lot still, of people I mean, do that but up there running around for an hour and a half two hours it's I mean, gonna take a toll when i play physically. a show i'm on stage right and sometimes i move i go to stage left or i'll hop up on my drummer's riser but for the most part i'm just at stage right playing mm-hmm. those dudes are running around for two hours right. and playing some of the most brutal metal music right ever recorded so he gets a pass from me from all that i mean i would have taken a massage halfway through the show <laughs> Can we set that up? Let's tomorrow? get that arranged yeah, for Nashville. Please. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, I'm gonna be right there on the rail. It's like so. Kirk, Kirk gets up and we're like, don't put the cot away just yet, please. Give me one minute, please. No, please, no photos, no videos. Um, the, yeah, let's go ahead and say that because this is gonna come out today. For anyone who's gonna try to ride the rail tomorrow, Blazik will be lined up at 8 a.m. with the Unforgiven Experience. Mm, he's looking not earlier. He's looking for some friends to ride the rail with. Yeah. So, what are you going to be wearing tomorrow? The Justice for All white t-shirt with the faces on it. All right. With the four albums on the back. And he'll be holding up a giant sign that says, I'm Brad Blazing. And can I throw this out there? I need a Birmingham no. poster. No, you can't. You, you, the, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you need? I need the, the show poster. Not the VIP poster, but the Birmingham poster. Yeah. If anyone's got a spare one, I got cash. I, I'll I trade. Cash. I'll trade you the VIP poster. You know, I love that. The, the, I got cash. <laughs> How will you be paying? How about cash? They pop the bill. It's such a, like Jersey. My friend Kevin always does that. Yeah, I'd be paying with cash. <laughs> you pop it right in their ear. Uh, so Brad's a big poster collector, yeah. and for those of you who don't know, when you get the VIP experiences, you get a unique poster, which right. is great. Problem is, you don't get the actual poster, right. and he likes to have both for the shows right. he goes to. Um, which you want, which by the way, you almost sold your VIP poster I last did. night. That so would have been, how does that fit into this narrative of you being the poster guy? What would you have done? No, you, I, I, the VIP poster I bought off 
I didn't have VIP for last. Oh, that's right. I bought that off of a guy that had VIP with him and his son. So he had two. So he had two. Um, so you bought it for what? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. And I, it's kind of like I've got to have a poster for that show, right. but I'd rather have the show poster. But I'm fine with the VIP poster. <laughs> but if someone wants to trade, I've got to have a poster for the show, but I'd rather have the show poster. Right. <laughs> the monk. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, after the show, some kid came up to us and was like, "You want to sell that poster?" And I was like, mm, "Not, not really." He no. said, "I got cash." He did. Well, I wish he did. He's like, "I'll give you 500 bucks." <laughs> and I, then I was like, are you joking? He's like, no, dude, I really want, they sold out, I really want one. I'm like, you can have a 500. Cash. Cash. <laughs> I'm loving this combo. But long story short, he, he couldn't find an ATM, he couldn't come up with funds, so. He was cash poor. All right. Well, you're going to enjoy good, having a Good dude, though. He was young, he was like, you know. You don't know if he was a good dude. Maybe fucking in, serial in that, killer. In that moment. Okay, yeah. You know. He might but have bodies dissolving. It was, in a, he might have a fucking vat of acid in his basement right now yeah. with a body in it. Jeffrey Dahmer style. True. Everyone thought Jeffrey Dahmer was a good deal. I'm just saying, don't rush to conclusions on people being good. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Have you seen that movie, um, My Friend Jeffrey Dahmer? I haven't seen it. Okay. I'm curious to see what you think. I liked it, but I've heard people are like, That's the worst movie ever. And I'm like... I've read a lot about Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm kind of into yeah, it. Me too. Um, I've read a couple of books about the whole deal, and you know, he he's one of these rare serial serial killers where once he was incarcerated, uh, he did a lot of extensive interviews, right? Extremely detailed mm-hmm. with press and with um, like I've seen the one with his father and with law it's, enforcement. It's crazy, yeah. And and you know, you can tell he's a psychopath, yeah. And but he was also incredibly intelligent like off off the you know like high high iq mm-hmm. and his he basically agreed to tell his whole story because he wanted people to understand his mind so that he you know crimes like his could be avoided yeah and a lot of it had to do with you know wrestling with his sexual orientation and like his religious upbringing uh if anyone can stomach that shit go go look that up i mean it, it is really really fascinating and another guy to check out is ed kemper Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten, checked out Ed Kemper? I think one of the characters in that Netflix show, uh, Mindhunter. Is, Mindhunter is, is about Ed Kemper. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, that's how we learned about him, my wife and I. We were really fascinated by right. Mindhunter. Yeah, and so great fucking show. Ed Kemper, similarly intelligent, <clears throat> and he also basically, for over the course of 20 years, um, allowed people to interview him, and he basically right. was like, I'll tell you whatever you want to know about yeah. What I did, why I did it, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what my methods were. And it's a fascinating insight into that kind of mind. Yeah. This is an all Metallica <laughs> podcast, by the way. Thank you for being here and listening. All right, let's move along. Four Horsemen. So this is the another rotating thrash slot. And it was pretty cool to see Four Horsemen. It was fucking awesome. But I really... I really enjoyed it. You, you know, I'm, I'm a thrash guy. I was about to I'm, say, you're, you're, you're yeah. Kill em All's high for you, right? Right. Well, that song is arguably one of the best on the yeah. record. I mean, Hit the Hit the Lights is probably my vote for my favorite. The Four Horsemen is probably the better song. Yeah. And you know what I actually thought last night watching it live? I thought, nah, they don't need that middle part. It, it didn't bum me out to not have that. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's because they already did they it. They already played it. In the doodle. Yeah. <laughs> Hear the sirens? Hear the sirens. Bling. <laughs> Are we? Is this a single podcast theory? Uh, no, this is a new program <laughs> podcast called Metal Up Your Podcast. 
Um, Four Horsemen to me felt great. I don't yeah. know if there's much to say about it. No, it was it was a treat. Yeah, it was fun. Like, it's fun that even knowing that what's probably going to happen. Which, by the way, all the rotating slots, Sarah called all of them. Really? I'm like, God damn it, Sarah. She's like the she's like the Metallica fan. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, she actually told me she's never called all of them. She's never gotten them all right. She got them all right last night. Really? But, uh, even kind of knowing a lot of this is coming, like when they started playing Horsemen, we all looked at each other yeah. like, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah, that excitement was still there. Yeah, what was going was on fun. in your world for Horsemen? Oh yeah, smiles, smile, yeah. a lot of smiling. Yeah, no sobbing. Yeah, yet. lions, lion. No, but we're getting to it. Okay, lions was very smiley. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah, it was cool. I love that. It was cool. Um, and then we got you a big moment for you, creep. Yeah. And that I looked at you and gave you the horns. Yeah. Well, we had talked about it after Little Rock, right? And I told you, like, really, all I want is creeping death because they didn't play in st louis mm-hmm. and that is that is up there with my all-time favorite songs it's, it's it's just something that i've you know one of the songs that turned me on to them you know it is the song to see them play live yeah like, what would be higher than that in terms of like you've got to see them do this song uh, it's probably creep and sandman yeah even though sandman's not cool or whatever but right. maybe maybe one yeah. One's kind yeah. of up there for, like, gotta see it. Yeah. Maybe Seek, but Creep is the number one yeah. you gotta see because of that big bridge, the big die stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that's one that I have a distinct memory of that was one of the first songs I heard live. Right. And the whole die chant, mm-hmm. which kind of extends the song, when I heard that, I you know, you hear the whole crowd doing the chant and Lars playing... On his toms, you know, doing like a tom roll with the crowd chanting. Like, to me, I don't think I'd ever been to a concert before. So hearing that and being like... This was like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Right. That hearing that was like, that's what happens at a at a rock concert. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, I want that. I want to be there for that. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking during the die chant, I thought this in Little Rock too, I thought... You know all the parents out there who are like, "That is de- that is devil music. I don't right. understand it." And we're like, "No, it's not. You don't understand." He he saw the Ten Commandments and he wrote it from that perspective. Right. But then you pluck a parent in that moment, and you're watching twenty thousand people scream, "Die!" Right. It it doesn't really look good for our argument. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like, it's a mind cult. It's an occultish right. mind cult. Yeah. They're getting all these kids to shout about dying. They want me to die. <laughs> and it's like, are they going to kill us? Well, it's like, no, actually, this it's God of the Bible wanting all the kids to die. Right. <laughs> Go read Exodus, bitch. That's what I told my mom. Right. I, I mean the universal bitch. I'm not saying that, I'm not directing that at any particular woman. Right. I'm directing it at any woman or dude who wants to try to reinterpret what they're singing about. Yeah. It's the opposite of that. Sort of lampooning that story. Right. Death coming to kill all the firstborn children by way of punishment. Fuck that. It's an anti-infanticide song, like most of Metallica's deeper messages, including Harvester of Sorrows. No comment on that? I love nope. it. Not helping me out with any of that? <laughs> I'm just thinking about the fact that I got super choked up. I got emotional during rolled, Creep, too. rolled a tear, too, and that you and I had that connection. Because mm-hmm. there was various times, we talked about this, but we each at different times would look over mm-hmm. at each other mm-hmm. 50 yards away. And this was definitely a moment where we both saw each other and both could tell how pumped we were yeah. 
because we had talked about, like I said, like, I just want to hear Creeping Death. Like, that's that's what I wanted to hear in St. Louis, and I didn't get it. And then you got it in Little Rock, and I'm like, fuck, they're not going to play it right. the next night. But they did. The word that comes to mind for me that ca- captures that well is joy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's just a joy when you're connecting on it on those different levels. Right. And that's what's really hard to explain to people who sort of casually engage in this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like, all my buddies are like, how was the show last night? I'm like, I, joyful. Like, I can't. Yeah. Saying it was badass or it was great or it rocked right. just isn't cutting it. Yeah. You know? So, I'm totally with you. I got emotional during it, too. During yeah. Creep. I was just like. This song is 30 years old and it's still this yeah. powerful and everyone just is, everyone is filled with joy right, right. now. Well, I I mean like like most people, the people we're talking about, like I have this historical connection with this song, personal. It goes all the way back. Yeah. All the way and back. And that's a song that I would play on drums all mm-hmm. the time. Right. You know, cuz it's not super hard to play that one. Well, I I that some people might disagree. I don't know. <laughs> Lars might disagree. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying he played it poorly. I'm just saying he might disagree with that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would be hard for me to play. I'm just saying it's not disposable heroes. Sure, right, right, yeah, yeah. It's not Black or Dyer's Eve or something. Right. Moth and the Flame. Okay, give us give us your perspective on the Droney drones. Oh, this was cool because the drones open. The floor opens up, and um. When the when the drum cubes come up, the floor opens up. So this is the same opening, and I th- I didn't know what was gonna happen. You know, I thought the drums were coming or something again, but I thought it was some kind of flames that mm-hmm. were, were that r- rose up out of the stage. Because they did the light the light the dancing flame in right. the stadium tour. That's what I thought was was coming because it, they had this. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's what I thought was happening. Right. Was more flames. Right. And then these fucking little bugs come flying out they look like bugs it's, it's creepy it's really cool yeah now there was a pretty big hiccup during the song i don't we talked about it we're not really yeah sure. i didn't i heard you guys talking about it but i didn't notice it during the show yeah several people around us when we kind of identified what happened they were like oh yeah you were know they, some of them turned off well there was a hiccup in the the band didn't play the bridge oh okay that's Guarantee right you name you go and kill yourself vultures feast around you still over oh, some fame and that's a cafe they just straight up didn't play it. Now, right. Ethan says he saw James kind of point his own chest. I like, saw that too. I did notice that. Like that was my fault. They kind of were looking at each other, you know, around Lars. Like well, they were all around Lars, and then James, yeah, pointed at. Well, like, Kirk came over like was, when they fixed it. When they got back, they got back on track. Yeah, and James kind of was laughing and like, "It's on me." Well, I saw Kirk kind of shoot kind of a dirty look to James but he was he was looking at his tech but here's what his look to his tech said and I'm, by the way I'm just the master interpreter of this right. I guess Kirk's look to his tech said James messed that up but he's acting like it was me and it wasn't right that's just my, what I'm projecting onto that whole right. relationship right because James did moth most of moth in front of us mm-hmm. which is a huge treat that's my favorite song of hardwired yeah I, I think that song is so badass and he plays the Carl guitar Mm-hmm. And that guitar is just so cool and yeah, special. Yeah, I love that thing. That for me to just, I'm getting chills talking about this, yeah, but for me to be right that there. close to it and see the wood, yeah. see the nails in the wood. Because that's the only song he played? No, he plays it on Puppets, too. Okay. Which is new. He he was playing a white snake bite on Puppets, yeah. I believe, in the fall, but he, he's been playing Carl for Puppets, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so my, so the drones kind of got drones, fucked up, I think, yeah. because 
I don't know if they're on a timed thing, if they're like synced up with the length of the song, but the song was shorter because they skipped to the bridge. And so when the song ended, they were still coming down. Okay. Oh, they, so they were supposed to already be done. They usually are kind the of drones. They usually are kind of rested out down. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, now he's mentioned it. It was weird. The song kind of ended, and the drones were still fucking yeah going. Yeah, and James okay. kind of had a look on his face, like, "Well, okay." <laughs> right. Um. So uh, into sad. What do you think about sad? Oh, Metallica gives you heavy, baby. It was just that song is so great yeah. live, yeah. and that's when he t- chooses the moment to talk about. He talks about a kid and older people. One of the things I really love is when he talks about. The middle-aged people, he's like, you know, you guys work your asses off to support your families, your kids, and your friends. Yeah. Tonight, you're kind of forgetting about all that and letting loose. It's a little Hulk Hogan reference there, right? Have fun with your family oh, and friends. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, he's basically doing Hulkster in heaven. Right. Or the Hulk, I want to be a Hulkamaniac right. verbatim. Just yeah. Just take out Hulkamaniac, say Metallica That was family. the James Doodle. Right, <laughs> right. Um, I think, too, that was the point right before he goes into that whole speech he pointed out that he saw he threw a guitar pick, mm-hmm. and he saw a little girl. I think it hit her, and he, it fell he, I on think the ground. He was trying to throw it. Oh, you know, he said he threw it kind of into oblivion. Yeah, but he saw it go near her, and she couldn't find and it. She was looking for it, and, and a the, dude found it for yeah. her and gave it to yeah. her. And he's like, "I saw the whole thing." Yeah, and he's like, "I want you to know, I saw it, dude. Yeah. It was awesome." Yeah, and that's I see the whole sad but true speech mm-hmm. about family and friends. You know, he says the same thing yeah. every night, right? But that. The pick thing was Made it totally unique. off the cuff yep. and and unique to that that moment, and it reinforces the whole story. It's, it adds like truthful right. legitimacy to the point he's making. Yeah, because you know it's it is hard when you see him make the same kind of emotional point. It tends to lose a little bit of power just because of the rep, you know the repetition. Yeah, anything that's repetitive loses power. Right, that's just like a law of the universe. But that little anecdote rejuvenated it for me. Right, and it. You know, it brought me into that moment, especially totally. having a little girl. Yeah. And I know that, and that, a lot of that's a dad thing, you know, and you've got a couple kids. Yeah. For me as a performer, when I'm performing now and kids are there, it's all about the kids. Yeah. If I'm giving out picks or something, I want them to have it. And I'll, sometimes I'll see like adults try to take it and like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, yeah. you fucking demon? That's one thing about the Pearl Jam fandom that just pisses me off because a lot of people bring their kids mm-hmm. and Eddie like you just said, Ed, it's all about kids. Right. Eddie is always... So if he's doing the tambourine thing, he's probably looking more... Kids first or yes. something, you know? And there's people that say, um, oh, they just bring their kids to get a tambourine. That's some cynical shit, dude. Isn't that fucked up and dark? Here's, like, how, here's how I feel about it. When like, I'm, yeah, I'm bringing my kid to get a tambourine so the kid can have an interaction with Eddie. Like, who... Here's probably... How is that any... How is that bad in any way? Dude, here's my here's my overall feeling about it. I'm sure it feels this way. Your terrible life is over. Your horrible life is over and gone. The kid, the kid still has a chance. Let's let, let's create an experience for the kid right. that they'll never forget. That will be inspiring. That kid may put that tambourine in his room, and that's what that inspires that kid to pick up a guitar or play drums or follow their dreams. That interaction with someone like Eddie Vedder. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't happen to you when you're an adult, but let the kid have that experience. Yeah. Your horrible life, you made your decisions, and your horrible life is over. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about me, too. Right. And, you know, that's what happens when you have a kid. Yeah. You realize, my horrible life is now over. Yeah. And I mean, would I love to have that moment with Eddie? Sure. Of course. But I'd if love there's... for me and Eddie to go vacationing right. together in Morocco. <laughs> yeah. I'd love it. But I'd rather he 
gave it to the kid standing next to me. I'd rather he take my kid to Morocco. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. We we kind of we need to get to we need to go set up for the party yeah. soon. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> I'm having a good time with you though. I don't want you I'm to good. feel like I'm not having a good time. All right. Thank you. And I appreciate this. I did not expect that I was going to be the one doing this. I figured you guys have had people lined up. We did. Let me and let me say to our friend Andy Brown, I'm I'm sorry that it just didn't make sense because we were at the show and we're getting ready for the party. It didn't make sense for me to try to figure out how to get him on the phone today. Yeah. And I know I'm going to see him tonight and tomorrow. Um, he wore his Metal Up Your Podcast shirt last night to the Birmingham oh, cool. show. And he's a good friend of the show. He's a patron. And he's cool. He gets it. But I do want to apologize to Andy. Yeah. I'll make it up to you, homie. Yeah. Um, moving on to one. Barn Burner. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's much to say about it. James playing the Ken Lawrence. The intro tape was cool. Yeah. That, that's just getting you psyched. Now, yeah. I couldn't see what was really on the cubes. Oh, they were doing the the intro tape was the video, the black and white footage oh, of, of cool. the video of, yeah. of the war stuff or the or the, them in the in the uh, garage. Okay. Oh no no no! You're the all movie. Oh, all the movie, movie that Johnny got his yeah gun. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. And then you know the the um, the raining bullets mm-hmm. and the, like you know the explosions. Mm-hmm. There there was a couple of explosions that we could, the whole room was shaking, and that was that was pretty cool. It, but yeah, one when was the just... first time we saw the pyro? Four Horsemen? I can't remember. The first time we see the I thing I was going to is... say Creeping Death, but you might be right. No, it might have been Four Horsemen. The thing is, they normally do the reload slot later. And that's when you see the pyro is for fuel for the yeah, first time. Right. But they did the reload slot fourth, and right. there's no pyro in memory. So I think they did it in Horsemen is when you first see okay. it. Okay. But could you feel the heat where you were? Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. exhilarating, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Like I, I expected way more at Pyro. Yeah, they, they. Well, I mean, every venue's different. This is okay. this is some of the info that I've gleaned from my friend Matt Thomas, which we had a whole. By the way, if you guys go look up, uh, I think our, we have an episode called "Behind the Fire" with Matt Thomas, and he's a friend of ours who did all the Pyro for the stadium tour, and he he came and met us at HQ4, which is our friend Paul Milk Studio, and he told us everything you would want to know about mm-hmm. how the Pyro works. But obviously that was a stadium. So with arenas, yeah. we're indoors. Yeah. There's a different kind of fire code. Right. And sometimes they have things they want to do. By the way, at every one of these shows, a fire marshal comes the yeah. day of. That's just part of their day. And you have to tell them what you want to do. And sometimes you even have to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. And then the fire marshal has to sign off on what you do. Now, depending on how grumpy that guy may be. Yeah. Or sometimes he's busy and lax and he says, that's all great. Just do it. Sometimes they're power hungry yeah. or power trippy, and they say, "Well, you can do this, but you can't do that." It'll be interesting tomorrow to compare just, it. Yeah, yeah. So they just have these four flames that come up, right? And you know, like most production elements of a show, the first time you see it, it's like one big burst. Yeah. Then as as they use it throughout the show, they kind of up the drama. Right. It starts going. Whoo, whoo, whoo. Yeah. And then at the end, they're it just like goes ding, around. ding 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 yeah. ding ding, and that's that picture that they always post of Lars when he's yeah. They do that picture at every show. He, yeah. he looks at a guy with a camera, yeah. you know, because it's such a fucking it's, amazing picture. Yeah, um, I was doing I was doing a lot of those with Lars, the, 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 the fist, the fist, fist pump. pump. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. It, it is funny to see him do like his signature moves. Yeah, like the the fucking tongue out, the fist bump. Yeah, the, he does like the, the snap, the snap yeah. guy. Yeah, it's cool because you know most bands the drummer doesn't get up at all, so Lars is very active. Let me go ahead and put this marker in the sand. I don't remember if it was at this point in the show, but you'll all remember that James smiled at me in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Now, this has been verified by Sarah Sobeck, 
and by Jeannie, who was next to me. Uh, James Hetfield winked at me mm. during a song. Interesting. He, he, and it's no question, everyone around me confirmed he winked at me. Right. So we'll I, have to I, get. We'll... I guess we're in love now. And uh, I was joking with our friend Anya last night. I, I love him now, and right. I'm going to go live with him and be his beekeeper. Be his little bee. I'll live in the chalet in the back of his house with all the bees. And uh, I'll permanently wear a beekeeping outfit if mm. that's what he wants. And, right. uh, you know, tell my family I love them and I may not miss them. I may not. Yeah. They can come visit the bees. Well, my kid's old enough, she can come visit daddy at the bee, <laughs> at the bee house in Vail. <laughs> I, I need to get confirmation from Lions, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he looked at me. Yeah. One time. Okay. Earlier. How'd earlier it feel? In the show. Oh, man. Feel like being hit by lightning? Yeah. I, you talk about Metallica giving you heavy. Right. He gave me heavy. I'll give you. He gives me bees. <laughs> I came to a metallic concert. And all I got were these bees. <laughs> uh, real quick on one. Mm-hmm. Is that we're on one? Yeah, we're on one. The the, the uh, machine gun. Yep. Bass. Yep. He was on it. Large, you mean uh, the yeah. kick drum? Yeah, yes. yeah. I I agree. He does a good job. Yeah. He saves some of that stuff. Like he, you know, I mentioned yeah. this on the last one. He doesn't do it on Moth. He doesn't do it on Hardwired. He did do it on Fade to Black, but he does it. He does. He never skimps on it, as far as I can tell. On right. one. He does it with varying degrees of accuracy, but yeah. he never doesn't do it. Right. It's one of the he most was, iconic. It was good last night. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought so too. Good job, Larzy Poo. Uh, puppets, great. Um, James is playing the Carl again. Anything to say about that? I'm pretty sure we got the pancakes go. We did get pancakes. Okay. Well, he was right in front of yeah, us. Yeah, he we was got over. Pan- okay. we got pancakes. I thought so. I thought it's it's a little hard to. To make it out, I was I was particularly looking like I was looking at his mouth. Yeah, were you aware of that before? Yeah, Ethan did the show. Yes, I. It embarrassed me that he didn't know it. Oh well, you're out of touch. I'm out of touch too. I I had never heard that before. Yeah, and, and now every time I listen, he did it in Little Rock too. He did in St. I, Louis. I wonder if he he did in St. That was the first thing I did. Was like holy shit. Yeah, and I got you know I got my iPod out and, and put puppets on, and I'm like holy shit. He yeah. did it in front of us, yeah. and I didn't. I never even knew it. Yeah. And it, so now every time I, because I watch like the Neem show, he he doesn't do it at Neem's. Right but now I'm like, which Neem is what? Oh nine. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I I like go through all the live recordings that I do have to see. It seems if he, like he's he been doing it. Lot. It seems like he's been doing it more lately. Yeah. Like more in the last few yeah. years. But it's just just it's like I've discovered something new. And right. It's, I love it so That's much. Fun. It's really fun. So they play that. They go off. They they kind of do some faux goodbyes. Yeah. They kind of magic trick. I immediately sat down because I knew we were getting. To, on, you took a little breather. Time. Yeah. I yeah. I took, had you to. took the car into the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you call that when the race car drivers go into the the cockpit or the, the pit? Uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, we were so good half, at this. Half court. Uh, yeah, you take a breather. That's good. Yeah, I had to. I'm doing a lot of strange leaning on the rail, yeah. like a lot of elbow. Oh, and I, yeah. I asked one of the uh, security guys for a bottle of water. And, oh, and did you? Uh, whoever that guy is, I'm sure he's listening. Thank you for getting that for me. <laughs> um, and then it's kind of the question: What are they going to do? So yeah. they did spit in in Little Rock. So we're we're kind of all like they're probably not going to do spit. So we were thinking it's either going to be fight fire or battery, and maybe they might reset to blackened. I was hoping for blackened. Yeah. Well, I was hoping for spit. Right. Especially. I think we're going to get spit in Nashville. Yeah, I hope so. But we got battery, which ba- I thought yeah. battery kicked ass. And I know we got that in St. Louis. We did Louis. get it in St. Louis, but it was fucking awesome. It really, really I mean, kicked ass. Yeah. And it's great to see James playing that that kind of Electra V. And it's great to see that old thrash stuff. Yeah. I- I'm glad the whole show isn't that. I'm glad that their body of work is varied. And I don't know how long I would have lasted it. Like, 
you know, a puppets tour right. show just for me thinking about it now. But it's it's good to get that shot in the arm. Yeah. Especially and in that slot. I I enjoy them rolling tape. I think that's I do too. It's cool. I don't mind the hardwired thing. I, it adds I a cool battery. It yeah. adds a cool element to the show where all the lights can go out. Right. They can do whatever they need to do. You know, they they were taking breathers and shit. Yeah. And and it gives you kind of a builds anticip- excitement yeah. anticipation. Yeah. Um, what do you did you notice? Did it seem like the what do you call it the um, encore the the time in between when puppets ended and the encore starts? Mm-hmm. What is that called? Intermission. It's not an intermission. Anyway, that seemed like extremely quick. I thought I was gonna be sitting for a few minutes, and it, I don't even think it was like fucking thirty seconds. Well, you know, and who knows what the curfew? There, there's so yeah, many okay, other yeah. things like curfew. Yeah, maybe the boys wanted to get home. Yeah, but did you notice that it seemed shorter? Or I didn't. Okay. You wow. know the the days of like actual encores where they're like, let's let yeah. them earn it. Right. That's over. No, I it's know. It's all built in, and and with the age of the internet, everyone generally knows right. what's happening yeah and everyone probably kind of in the back of my nose they haven't played sandman yet yeah you know they're but i mean song. i i sat down immediately i don't even think the lights had gone out and i sat down and like, lines, you guys give me a few more minutes yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but lines was like what do you think they're gonna do and i'm like well they usually do you know a thrasher so it's gonna be spit out the bone or blackened and as i'm saying blackened the tape starts rolling and I'm like, fuck it, battery! Right. <laughs> like, he screamed it at him. He was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I had to get back up. It's just a sea of quiet, and you just hear one guy, <laughs> battery! <laughs> Cannot kill the battery, Dad! I like this song. This is from Master of Puppets, guys. <laughs> That's not them playing. That's an intro tape. That's pre-recorded. They don't have acoustic guitars. I probably out there. told you this before. That shit used to scare me when what? I first heard Master Puppets. Oh, it's super album, creepy. Yeah, I was just like, because I I was not into anything like metal until I heard um, Rust in Peace, mm-hmm. and then I started like, oh, I got to dip into all these bands, mm-hmm. and I heard Justice, and then I was like, I need to hear more metallic shit, mm-hmm. and then I heard Battery, and I'm like, whoa. This is yeah, too, this is very it's, scary. It's kind of a dark, <laughs> baroque feeling, yeah. classical feeling, yeah. hellish. Yeah. And then I love when that gets heavy. You know, mm. like anyway. Um, all right. And then moving on to the one-two punch of Nothing Else Matters and Inner Sandman. Now it was exciting for you guys because James basically did all of Nothing Else Matters yeah, facing right you. in front of us. Yeah, that was that was pretty special because he does. He gets emotional. He gets he into does. it. And, you know, think about all these years later, how many times he's played that song. For him to still still care enough to put that kind of physical emotion into it right. is meaningful to all of us. Yeah, definitely. It's something I wish I could thank him for. Yeah. Is that in particular. I, I had that same moment, that same thought at some point when James was speaking. I think it was when, before Sabbath True when he's doing the whole family, Metallica family thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I wish I, wish I had a chance to, to say something to him. Yeah. You know? There's something that feels like, um, a, in a closure kind of way, something that feels kind of important uh, to about telling him thank you. Yeah, it's weird for right? everything he's done for us. Yeah, I know that sounds almost insane to say. But yeah, there is that kind of feeling. No, in but you. you do have this intense like, you just want that person that's saying these things that you agree with and right. understand. Like, you just want that personal moment for one second to be like, I totally get what you're saying. Right. We get each other, James. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Let's go to Morocco yeah. with Eddie Vedder. <laughs> um, 
What do you think about Sandman? Fucking, it was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's Metallica playing their their biggest song. They, they get my they get my seal of approval to play that at every show they want to. Yeah, that's one thing. I wish they played. I wish they opened with it. I really wish I, they opened. with I it. I think and, that would be awesome too. Yeah, maybe close with puppets. You know, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I love it. I mean, I know I made, it's, I I know made it's the overplayed mistake. And, I made the mistake on Lars's Instagram. Uh, he wrote <laughs> something about Birmingham, and I wrote, "Can't wait to see you tonight." Fixer in the thrash slot, and then an emoji of a smiley face with sunglasses. And I caught some shit on there. Mm. Really? Fixer in the thrash slot? That's not thrash. What kind of dope are you smoking? <laughs> uh, the kind where I learned how to tell a joke. <laughs> Maybe you needed to smoke some of it too, home, home slice. No, I agree. And like I've come to a point with Sandman where I really think about Kirk a lot. Because I think about... the That's his big contribution of many. Of course, yeah. of many. But... I think about him when I when they start that intro riff, which is you know goo ga goo goo, yeah. And you see everyone there. Even maybe they were tired. Maybe they were taking a breather. Maybe no. they were like, I kind of can't wait to get home. Maybe they were whatever. When you hear that riff that he conjured up out of yeah. the ether with his mind, instant second wind. It's just it's the it becomes one of the most exciting moments yeah. of the whole show. Well, and I think. Um... Like I said, I I really think about the whole crowd mm-hmm. and the fact that I I've I heard this. I think it was Stan Lee talking about comic books. Mm-hmm. He said that interesting where we're going with this. Every comic book is some kid's first comic book. I uh, gotcha. And I think that about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Every episode of your show, of our show, mm-hmm. thinking about concerts, albums, at songs. Every every there's someone in that show yesterday that was their first fucking Metallica show, mm-hmm. and especially for that person. They probably want to hear Enter Sandman more than the diehards that have seen it a hundred times. Yeah. So for that kid, that twenty-year-old, that that's their first show, and they've heard Enter Sandman their entire life, they've been waiting the whole fucking show. Yeah. And every every song that they don't play it, they're like, oh, maybe they're not going to play it. We're getting closer and closer to the end. Maybe they just don't play it. Then they fucking play it to close the show. There are, like, de- there are definitely people who were walking out going, dude, I can't believe they played Sandman. Right. In a, that's, in a good that's my favorite song yeah you yeah, know? yeah so amen to that I, yeah. I totally agree um, I did catch one of Kirk's picks that I gave to you that mm-hmm. is starting to complete a circle because right. I gave you one of James's <laughs> yeah and not just one that like a tech gave us but like one yeah. that I caught and I caught it because it went into my it literally went into my ear yeah it landed in my ear I cut my hand in my ear pulled it out Kirk Hammett boom yeah. Birmingham did you give it to me I did I gave it to you last night on the way home you already lost it it already disappeared up your I friggin' got, butt. I got... Didn't Ethan give me one? That was me, dude. The Birmingham one? Yes. And you laughed at, oh, Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Do not give I, him credit for things that I do. <laughs> God damn it. Well, <laughs> no. I thought it was a Kirk-specific pick. That's why I was getting confused. No, I, di- I didn't get one of those. Okay. He doesn't throw those. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome. He doesn't throw those out. Oh, really? He only throws out... They give them all cups. Oh, the cups. They give them, like, cups of the... Bur- he doesn't the throw them out during, this, during... No, he does not. Why? The well, fuck, Kirk? so on the guitar stands they have like a, a pick holder with picks, right. and it's all James's shit except for the very last one, which is Kirk's little green guy. Right. And so there's just basically so if there are five mics on the stage, there's just five of Kirk's picks, and he drops them a lot. Mm-hmm. And then his tech has so he has a set list on the floor. His tech has about five in a little pile on a set list. Interesting. So he knows where he can always go grab one. Yeah. And he does not throw those motherfuckers out. Hmm. I didn't. I've never seen him do that. Weird. Now again, I might be wrong. Don't write in if I'm wrong. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. But I've never seen it. Yeah. 
So yeah, but the one I gave you from the one I gave you from from St. Louis, Louis was that's James's yeah. black. Was it the black fang? Yeah, yep. He has these cool white fang ones now that were pretty. Dope. And it's thick. It's pretty thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Well, he's he's a big dude, big hand, yeah. big fingers, and he you know yeah. he, he needs that precision and power in his right hand. Yeah. That's where a lot of his sound is. Um, so after the show, we met up. You tried to sell your poster. We were all mm-hmm. hugging and high fiving. And talk about picks real quick. Where we were, we were joking with some of the other dudes. Like, there's no way we're going to get a, a drumstick or mm-hmm. picks. They just can't get up here. Right. Rob fucking threw a handful of picks, and we there was five or ten picks that made it up to us. They, they throw them surprisingly far. Yeah, I could not fucking. In, believe in fact, it. you're less. You're if you're on the floor, you're less likely to get them if you're on the rail because they right. all go over our heads. Well, we didn't get shit in St. Louis. The, the one you caught from James that was halfway real, through the though. show, but that was it. See that? See, and I and I do split these into two different camps. The oh, one yeah. you catch that he throws that he was playing. Yeah. That's in a different league oh, yeah. than when they're like throwing out entire solo cups. Right. Yeah, I mean, to be anal about it, I would rather have a used, sure, game used pick, or sure, show used pick, game than one 50 yard line. Jesus. Than one that they just throw out, or like at the, um, in the museum, they've got, they've got them just laying around. Right. So, right. I agree. I agree. So, we kind of wanted to skedaddle. After mm-hmm. the show, because we had a three-hour drive back. So it was right. a six-hour round trip, and then however many hours we were there. It was a long night, and I yeah. was starting to go insane when we got home. Mm-hmm. We got in at around 3, 3.30? Yeah, 3, 3.30-ish. So, and here we are now. We're, yeah. We took this afternoon to do this recap, and uh, we're about to head over to start getting set up for the party. Mm-hmm. We got the boys in Nashville tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting couple of days. Yeah. Any Any concluding thoughts? Uh, again, just thank you both for hooking me up. Because you're welcome. And, your, and Wes, you know, mm-hmm. that it just yeah, everything say, worked let, out. Let's so say great. that. Thank you so much to our friend Wes for once again making it possible for all of us yeah. to have the best time we could yeah. while we were there. It really, really worked out amazing for me, especially because, I, again, I was going to be in the nosebleeds. Did you get and, a new tattoo? And, no. Oh, you've had that? Yeah, I've had that forever. Uh, what is that? Like a squid? It's, <laughs> what is that? An it's, octopus? It's supposed to be flames. Let me see it. <laughs> It's a squid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's calamari. I hate it. It I, looks bitching. I, I, <laughs> uh, it's, here's, here's, the, here's, where the, here's where you went wrong, okay, on it being flames, okay? <laughs> yeah, oh, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Uh, flames aren't purple. Right. <laughs> flames are red and orange. That's a purple squid. It looks like an octopus. It's purple. Mm-hmm. So that, this, if I'm not going to identify one thing, <laughs> I'm going to just shoot, straight the, shoot the arrow straight. Yeah. On it not being flames. <laughs> it does have the 514 in it that no one can ever um, oh. see. Okay. <laughs> like you right now. What's 514? Is that, is that the code for... That, that's the, is that the prison code right. for murder? For <laughs> yes. fucking... If, I, if I'm ever in and I need to get out, that's the code for the door. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's my area code. Cause sometimes I forget when I'm giving people my telephone number. It's five one four. Hold on, let me look at my squid. Let me look inside the body of my octopus tattoo. It's five one four. Um, all right. Well, let me end by saying this: uh, if you guys like Pearl Jam, and even if you don't really, if you're a casual Pearl Jam fan, go look up Single Podcast Theory. It's an all Pearl Jam podcast. But like, I would say similar to our show, these dudes love all kinds of music. And they talk about all kinds of stuff. It's the Brads, the Bradlingtons. B squared. What else do you guys call yourselves over there? What else have you been mm. dubbed? 
Let's not spend too much time on it. You put me on the spot. All right, he didn't have any in the chamber. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of nicknames. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a fun time over there, talking about all things Pearl Jam and otherwise music-related. So go check that out. They have a Patreon that you can check out as well if you want to support them. It's not easy doing what we do. I'm not saying it's uh, we're coal miners dying in the fucking mountains or anything. <laughs> but it's hard to make good content to do it consistently. And uh, these yeah, dudes put a just... lot of... They put TLC into their show. Go check it out. We have a Patreon. You're going to hear a commercial for that in a second. We appreciate everyone listening. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. And we're as excited as you all are about Metallica. And uh, I hope everyone's doing well up there. And with that, I'm going to say peace. And you can say... I'm Brad B. I don't know. Fuck, I should have I should have had something ready to go. To that end, was truly this. horrible. Yeah, sorry. What does Let's e- just... Ethan say? Peace. That's you. Touch. <sighs> oh, God. You don't know what Ethan says? No. Touch. Okay, well, goodbye. <laughs> Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios.